0: Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get them off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows it's don't get treated like a hoe.
1: With the news coming out of Canada over the past week, it has been imperative that I wrap my mind around whether or not Bitcoin can actually fix this, as the Bitcoin maxis are so uh, quick to say. And I thought, I don't know. (laughs) And and I'm just being honest, I didn't know. So I sought out three brilliant minds to try and help me answer that question. And this is going to be a deep dive that you are not going to want to miss. First up, I have Leah Heilpern. She is the host of the Leah Halpern show on YouTube, as well as the author of Undressing Bitcoin. Following up after that interview, I have a uh, two-person interview, which is kind of more the nuts and bolts of things and really gets into the CBDC argument and explains it in a way that I have never heard done. And it doesn't surprise me that they were capable of this because it consists of Tobias Ruck, who is a brilliant uh, blockchain developer in his own right as well as Amari Sachet, who is the founder of BCH and also now working on eCash. Uh, I guess that's his, his real project as he has left BCH, but man, these three blew my mind, uh, just tremendously brilliant people that allowed me to see much more clearly on what we face, how we might work around it, through it, etc. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this one, share it around. It will educate so many people on what we're actually facing, and uh, I'd be lying if it's not daunting. Tonight's episode is brought to you by The Daily Job Hunt. It is a once-daily newsletter that will help you prepare, get the job of your dreams so that you are better equipped to weather the Great Reset, which looks like it's coming. Uh, If you have struggled at all in finding a job or starting that career or starting that business that Fulfills you both financially, but as well as emotionally spiritually. This is a great free option on how to do so. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt email newsletter. It's free. You can cancel anytime. Just give it a shot. There's no, just do it. I've been telling you about them for a long time. Uh, They're a great company and it doesn't cost you anything. So check it out. All you have to do is give them your email address and they will send you the newsletter enjoy welcome everybody to a special episode of liberty lockdown this is clint russell and today i have on the goddess of crypto herself leah i hope very welcome in
2: hey thanks for having me on
1: absolutely uh so the reason we got put in touch is basically i was lamenting the asset freezes that were happening in uh in canada obviously this has been a threat to I mean, it's, it's been happening in many countries, uh, but it hasn't been so broad based in its utilization. They haven't been going after, you know, entire, uh, I guess dissident populist uprisings like they did in Canada. And, and they're trying to make these laws permanent, um, basically making the state of emergency permanent and, and treating these people as if they're actual terrorists. So I, I, was just like asking to the universe. I was like, hey, what the hell do we do? And someone tagged you in it. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's see what she has to say. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, what's your perspective on just the, the macro risk of these asset freezes?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a tricky one just because they can be frozen and also they can't be frozen. So this simple way to put this is if you hold your assets on an exchange right that is a centralized exchange something like binance or let's take um let's take kraken as an example because actually the ceo spoke out about this so if you leave your assets on kraken then obviously the government has the ability to come in and you know either ban that um ban the platform tell the platform to free specific addresses um free specific accounts that can obviously happen because it is a centralized entity um, and in order to operate in a certain country you know they have to abide by the laws they have to be regulated and so on um so that's a simple answer the issue that they didn't the government didn't understand is that In the crypto community, we often say, not your keys, not your coins. So there's another way to hold your assets. You can hold them in um, a non custodial way, which means taking self custody. So, non custodial, we say non custodial because it's literally not in the custody of anyone else. There's no custodian, it's just you. Mm -hmm. So, when you hold those assets, you hold them and you hold them directly on the blockchain. And you're given three things. By the way, stop me at any point if you have any questions. (laughs) So, you're given three things you're given a private key which is like your master key. You're given a public key and you're given a seed phrase. A seed phrase is the backup um, to back up the wallet for whatever reason, if you lose it. Um, So if you are given those keys, you truly own the assets and you've got to make sure nobody gets those keys, right? That is very important. you want to make sure that those are hidden. You don't even want to write them down because it's your life savings and paper can easily be ruined. So people even go as far as um, engraving it in a metal sheet of paper or just keeping the keys in your head. So in that manner, they cannot be frozen. Nobody owns it but you. And particularly with Bitcoin, which is the most important part here, Bitcoin is the most decentralized network. So there's no single point of failure. There's no CEO. Perhaps if you looked at a different cryptocurrency, you could speak to the CEO of that cryptocurrency. Um, And you could, I don't know, you could do some, I'm not really sure, but with Bitcoin, there's no CEO, there's no centralized authority. And so the government can't do anything, but, What they could do is, and this is another joke in the community, is if they know you own those coins, they know you own Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. They can get those keys from you if you're publicly known to own Bitcoin. So there's another joke whereby we say, I lost my keys in a boating accident. (laughs) So it's like, there's nothing I can do. I lost my keys in a boating accident that's what the libertarians
1: say about their guns (laughs) so that makes sense Oh,
2: okay there you go yeah i'm sure that's really where it comes from to be honest um (laughs) so that's the that's the overview you can hold it in two ways non-custodial and custodial and you know it's not just about government freezing of funds though because leaving your money on an exchange leaving those assets on exchange also has risk because like a lot of the time these exchanges get hacked Um, that's just the nature of the community right now um or the industry even um you know ceos can run off with all the money um the exchange can just go down because at the end of the day much of these exchanges have only been around since 2017 2018 2019 so they're still startups um you know so they can go down as well so the best thing to do is buy it and then remove it and put it on um, and take self-custody and then there's two types of ways you can take self-custody but we can get into that
1: uh okay yeah in i mean Taking self custody is that is, are the two types of ways hot wallet versus cold wallet, or is there yes. more to it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you for you want, your viewers, uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Go ahead and explain that.
2: Yeah. So for your viewers, a hot wallet is like an app on your phone. So I work with an amazing self custody company called Exodus, and they're basically like the Apple experience. Like everything is super slick. It's amazing. Um, and that's on your phone. Um, and it's amazing. You know, you have your keys, you have your private, public, and seed phrase. very good the only problem with that is it's on your phone right so it's connected to the internet so my phone could get hacked my phone could get stolen you know because really you're walking around like i don't have this much money on my phone right but let's just say i had a million dollars sitting in exodus i absolutely don't so if anyone wants to give hacking a go please there's really not (laughs) much sitting on there it's probably about like a thousand dollars on there that's about it um but you know then here's my phone right so say i had like a million dollars on here, then I'm literally walking around with a million dollars in my hand. That's what I'm doing. So that's not a smart thing to do. Um, you Right, so what you wanna do is use um, a hot, sorry, a cold wallet. So a cold wallet usually is like a, a physical device. It looks a bit like a USB stick um, and it's not connected to the internet. Um, and that is the best thing to do. Um, some wallets are more hackable than others. Um, but overall the industry standard is Ledger, Trezor, um, and yeah, they're really amazing. Um, and then you want to hide that somewhere yes. and you don't want to admit to owning it either. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> Legally, of course. Uh, yes. yes. No, I, uh, so what, I, I think that, you know, what made Bitcoin and the entire, you know, crypto world so alluring to me was that. It solved many of these problems that libertarians and other you know, conspiracy theorists were concerned about with these new laws that were coming out from the government. And it seems as if what they're doing is they're making it so much more challenging as they, you know, because obviously it would be ideal if we could keep it on some sort of. Quasi-centralized platforms so that you could use. I disagree
2: it. with you. No, I okay, really go disagree ahead. with you. Um, okay, so the thing that I love about Bitcoin is that it's it's a way of life. Now, just bear with me. I don't want to sound like a cultist or whatever, but Bitcoin <laughs> is a way of life because what it does is two things. First thing, the way that the network is secured is through something called proof of work, which is basically you don't trust, you verify. Okay. Every single transaction is verified. Now just if you use that kind of mentality and that ethos and, you, and you're and you congruent with that throughout the rest of your life, you're going to live a very effective life. Um, there's a lot of mistakes and little things that people do that I've done as well. Um, and I think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then I think to myself, don't trust, verify. Like even, even as simple, for example, as like getting an Airbnb, right? You just trust that it's going to be okay. You just trust this person. So many times I've taken Airbnbs and it's literally been a major fuck up. Um, Mm -hmm. And I should have verified, I should have, I should have been more careful, I should have had a backup, I should have, you know, been more more careful, because so many times I've been like stranded very late hours of the evening because my Airbnb messed up. So, you know, it's kind of that mentality, or like, even if you're doing a podcast, right, you want to just make sure that this guest is going to turn up don't go for silence for a month. You know, you say you booked the guest a month ago, don't go for silence for a month and just trust that they'll turn up. No, verify it a week in advance, maybe verify it a few days before. So it's just about like living that effective life. Um, and then essentialized f- exchanges aside, you know, I believe that we, especially as a libertarian, I believe that the biggest problem in society is a lack of personal responsibility. Everybody's so mm-hmm. entitled. And yeah. so- and so, you know, not leaving your assets on an exchange empowers you to um, internalize that kind of ethos of taking personal responsibility, because now there's no Karen at HR that you can call when, you know, shit hits the fan. Like you have to take personal responsibility. Those are your keys. You need to take personal responsibility. And I think, you know, that's really empowering. Um, and it's kind of like an idea and an ideology, which I would like to see people, you um, you know, incorporate across the board, um, whether it's about your health, fitness, you know, relationships, dating, food, um, work, whatever it is. You know, taking some damn responsibility um, and not relying on somebody else. So I, I like the idea um, of being totally sovereign.
1: Well, you're you're just a savage, I, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I live I live a very similar lifestyle. I I think that the reason I I was lamenting it a little bit is that in terms of adoption for people that aren't built like you and i uh it hurts it i mean because it it basically makes it so that the the boomer community the you know the older folks that may be hearing about this stuff and wanting to diversify a little bit well they're gonna buy it on coinbase like that's what that's what they're gonna do they're gonna buy it in the most convenient easy fashion that doesn't require them to learn much and i get your point you know it, it it's in a way it's almost good because if you start to understand the problem that you're facing, you, you are obligated to get to understand this technology in a way that is much more deep. Um, yeah, but the problem being a lot of these people don't care to do that, or they don't have the time to do that. They don't have the drive to do it. And I just don't know how they would if
2: they understood. So like they they would, if they, they would, if they understood. So, um, like I know, I know a lot of people that, um, don't know how to take self-custody but they definitely enjoy the centralized exchanges one of my favorite ones is crypto.com like that user experience is just truly incredible um and you know so they, they use that they use crypto.com um but if banks if the if the problem was here if banks were actually ready to freeze their assets they would learn very quickly how to take self-custody and that's just literally what it is you know and i think as well the more we talk about you know things like inflation um, and the more inflation rises and the more the purchasing power of the pound or the U.S. dollar um, decreases, people are going to learn very quickly. How do I protect my money? Um, you know, is it the stock market or is it gold or is it Bitcoin? Um, so I think once faced with a problem, you'll, you'll see people adopt very quickly. We even see that in like, um, in even in like Africa, Latin America, your average person out there knows about these things because they have to right that's a I mean good point. even even criminals right like I'm not one to say you know well just to be clear I think using cryptocurrency for criminal activity is the most ridiculous idea ever you'll get caught <laughs> but you know even criminals because they think that it's an, an anonymous way of behaving criminal they think it's anonymous you know they manage to adapt very quickly and learn how to do it because they want to so mm. when there's purpose there's certainly a way. And I think that like if what happened in Canada was to happen in England or the US, um, people would learn very quickly.
1: Well, there's no doubt that's true. I mean, when when you have the imperative, when it's, it's absolutely mandatory, like you're going to starve if you don't find a way yeah. to get uh, an asset that isn't inflating so rapidly, um, that certainly increases adoption and also knowledge about the technology. It's just that I would prefer it and i know this is kind of just me being utopian i would prefer it if people would learn well we're all not starving and having the uh, the dollar hyperinflate cuz uh, but your point is well taken i mean certainly when you you see any country across the planet over the past 12 years that has had serious serious inflation and kind of a totalitarian dictator type experience you see you see the adoption of bitcoin skyrocket in that country so you're right. I mean that is what it is. Um well the uh what's the what's the country is it El Salvador that's that's basically the the hub for making it the uh the cryptocurrency of the of the country?
2: Yeah, so right now um Bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador, which literally means because there is confusion around you know what what it means to regulate a currency. Does that mean it's legal tender? Does it mean that you know, it's accepted in certain places. So, legal tender literally means that companies off, off have to accept have to accept Bitcoin as payment. So, you go into McDonald's, you want to buy Happy Meal, you can pay that with Bitcoin.
1: That's incredible. And and are they obligated to have the technology, like some sort of device that you're able to transfer to? I, I guess yeah. I guess they would have to be, because otherwise you couldn't use it.
2: Yeah, exactly. So the government has a I think it's called Shivo, which is like the government wallet. Um, I personally don't like anything which is government provided, sure. um, but so you can use you can use your own third party um, wallet, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. I hope to go to El Salvador. Um, I think that a lot of Latin America will follow. Um, the pri- the president, sorry, of El Salvador actually went to Turkey, um, and that was rumored to to meet with with the with the head of state, and that was rumored to be about Bitcoin. Um, you know, I don't know if you know, but the Lebanese pound, for example, has lost 90% of its value since 2019. Um, so I think this is going to be a ripple effect. And then, you know, given the name of this show and Liberty Lockdown and all of that, you know, we're going through a time where there's a huge tug of war between the people and the state. They're trying to change the relationship between the people and the state. And that is really apparent. And, People are clearly fighting back. And I think Bitcoin is going to be largely um, part of that. I mean, if you just look at Nayib Bukele, who is the president of El Salvador, he was the first and only head of country, head of state or whatever you want to call it, to talk about the benefits of keeping healthy in terms of fighting COVID. He was like, "This is these. here are some great things you could do. You could go for a run you know you could lift weights you could eat a healthy lifestyle nobody's pushing that narrative and that's that's the that's the truth of it isn't it um and so there's so he he's the uh, he's the anti culture counter culture yes. whatever yeah. you know um and i think and i think with everything that's going on particularly with canada um and how now you know if you believe in the bigger agenda they're not being subtle about it like klaus schwab has a book called the great reset he literally said that Trudeau is one of his young World Economic Forum leaders, you know, like he literally said that. So they're not being subtle about it. So we know the situation, we understand, um, and so I think Bitcoin is going to be part of our defense. Um, do you know about CBDCs?
1: Oh yeah, I uh, I just had on the creator of BC, which is it BCH, uh, to to discuss
2: Who, Roger the CBDC Ver
1: excuse me not BCH then the other one uh but yeah he he's uh he came on yesterday i'm actually going to combine these episodes into one where yeah. we talked about the cbdc rollout and the white paper that uh that he's reviewed and basically his understanding of it it was fascinating uh but yeah go ahead tell people
2: yeah so cbdc is a central bank digital currency so from the technological definition they are cryptocurrencies because they'll be using bl- blockchain right um they're going to be totally they're going to be made different to what we have now um mm. but it's t- entirely centralized and it's mm-hmm. programmable money and they're coming right so like china already has the digital renminbi um the uk is working on brick or some cringy kind of name um the eu is working on their digital currency so is the rest of the world nigeria and so on um and so this is going to be really dangerous um And I always like to say that CBDCs are basically exactly the same as vaccine passports. And the reason I say that is because CBDCs, they use blockchain technology. The idea of blockchain technology is that that it's open source. And so every single person can review every single transaction that has ever happened. But because this will be centralized in the power of the um, central bank and the government, this is a one-way relationship so they can see every transaction that the public has done but we obviously can't see every single transaction that the authorities have done Um, and so that removes any privacy that you have Um, and it also means that you're entirely tracked Um, they can see everything you've done Um, and you know what if we get to a point where we're not allowed to pay with cash yeah um you know and and so you really don't have that privacy and so it's 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 the it's the same dystopian type of technology as vaccine passports. Um and so I'm really grateful for Bitcoin. Um for me, it, it's it's hope, like I was saying, you know, in terms of freedom, um, it's hope. Um, and I think it's amazing to see a country adopt it and push our narrative and you know, tell the IMF in the US and the Bank of England just to F off. Um, it's you know it's it's wild like it's really wild.
1: You you are my people. I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right with El Salvador. Um, and I think this this goes back to your original point that, you know, this is about personal responsibility. So you have a guy who who makes Bitcoin legal tender, and then oh, what do you know? He's also one of the few leaders that is telling people you should take care of yourself. If you want to stay healthy, you need to take some personal responsibility. It's not enough to just stay in your home. And wait for Big Pharma to come and save you, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and he's also happens to be one of the only people that appears to be bucking the trend globally against the World yeah. Economic Forum and the Great Reset and the you know Green New Deal the whole the whole litany of insane <laughs> plans that exist out there. It's very it's very concerning uh, that so many of the leaders and and to your oh also to your point, Klaus Schwab said it wasn't just Trudeau that that he controls. It was, oh, it's
2: all, it's all of
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was half half of Trudeau's cabinet, cabinet is what he said. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I own Trudeau and half his cabinet," or uh, you know, "I've influenced them," or what, whatever phrasing he used in his cryptic.
2: Yeah, they're young villain. leaders. They're World yeah. Economic Forum young leaders. That's what he yep. said. I think.
1: Yep. And and we have a ton in in the U.S. uh that are very prominent people as well. And and this is this is a this is a virus. I mean, it, like this is really uh deep in the system people i mean i only really wrapped my head around it a few months ago so i don't even blame people for being uh, unaware of it but man once you realize what it is it's like kind of like with bitcoin you're like once you realize what this is uh there's a solution and then there's a problem this is the problem this is a major problem when did you uh get get that on your radar
2: oh man it's a good question um i think i've always been skeptical of authority right so it starts at a young age so i've never put celebrities on pedestals um because i just don't care like i might like her shoes but like i could get them down the road do you know what i mean like i i don't i don't care um so it's kind of like so also we have the monarchy here in the uk um and i just i don't care for it i just to me the queen is is nobody's above me and nobody is beneath me so like that's that's like the the initial mentality and so as you you know as you get older and you see policies happen and I think really just because life has gone really crazy in terms of like things you aren't allowed to say forcing speech you know the whole gender thing you know you start to I, 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 if I have an opinion, I have an opinion. Like, I don't think that just because the prime minister says this is the way, or just because like some influencer with a rainbow flag and a hundred thousand followers says, this is the way, doesn't mean that I, I will agree. This is the way, like, I don't think highly of you. I I don't know you. I've never met you. I don't really think highly of you. All I know is what what you're presenting me. And I just, I, I personally just don't buy it. So, you know, there's that um it's also i think like we don't need to get too down this rabbit hole but like it's also just like as a as a female as well you know there's like this whole feminist movement um which i don't find to be very effective um you know for my own life like you know i i find being the counter feminist more effective um you know like liking men and valuing the valuing what men have to offer um you know when it comes to advice about the world and you know men are more um not all men but most men are more you know they think more rationally and logically as opposed to the way women think and so like i really seek out advice from men and you know so like it, it, i don't know it, it's just kind of like having your own thought um what a novel not being, idea Right. But like not being influenced by other people's thoughts. And I think just the world is getting more crazy. And I was already down this path, but I think like I thought I was red pilled before COVID. But like COVID, like hit put the nail in the coffin for me. Um, <laughs> me too. Like I don't trust government now. Like I don't. I don't. For me, it's so evil. Like the lockdowns were so evil. So evil. Um, forcing people to take a medicine is so evil. It's yep. just. And I, I think you have to be deluded. you have to be deluded to not think that that is evil. Like either you're in on it or you're just so bloody dumb. And you really understand how stupid things are when people fail to tell the difference between being anti-something and being anti-being like anti-forced something or just being anti-something. Right. Like I'm, I'm like, cool. Take take your medicine. Like I don't care. Sure, you say it's really helpful and it's safe and effective. Cool all good just now i but like don't force other people to it's so obvious and i can't remember who tweeted this it might be new actually i'm not sure um somebody was like i don't know what it was it was like taking you know taking the mick out of that confusion and they said something like rape versus consensual sex Mm -hmm. so i I can't fully remember i'm I'm super tired was it you who did it did you Uh,
1: i've made that i've made that comparison a few times but i'm not sure that it was me uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, like I I remember when they changed the uh, the language in my elevator in my building, where it was like masks mandatory, masks optional. Like I saw that, that in Miami. Yeah, that that one word makes all the difference. Like, and and literally, had they stuck with optional the entire time, there would have never been this populist uprising to oppose it so seriously. Like, I sure you would still have some anti-vaxxers that are like no, no, no. But the ma- the vast majority of us, the people that just believe in bodily autonomy and choice, I would have never been so radicalized had you not forced it on me. And I certainly wouldn't have been so radicalized had you not given the companies that created this product
2: oh, liability
1: protections. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. And I don't how I don't for the life of me understand how the left who has had such, I mean, they've cut their teeth on being skeptical of corporate power that's that's the thing that they rail against more than anything and they're just like yeah sure big has liability shields for this product which the government is now mandating that i put in my body or i can't be employed or eat here or do this or go here and i'm okay with it and if you go against it you're a fool you're a conspiracy theorist you're crazy it is heartbreaking to see what what the left has become and i fortunately i found a few people on the left that have seen through it and they, they're taking their own red pills right now. And I think that they're starting to become more skeptical of government power, which is, I yeah. think has been the blind spot of the left forever, uh, is that they correctly identified corporate threats, but they completely overlooked government threats or Correct, largely yeah. overlooked. So uh, this has been a, a an eye-opening experience for sure.
2: Yeah, it's true. And I think, you know, it, it is all about the threat um, and the mandates and the violence Um, That's what it's all about. Um, And unfortunately, it has now made me more skeptical of just medicines in general. Um, Unfortunately, me too. Um, You know, I'd I'd be
1: lying if I said otherwise. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you know, like, I'm in my 20s. So I was very, like, blind and unaware when I was in my teen years, you know, I took some vaccines for different things. Some I remember in school, we had to take the girls had to take like an HPV vaccine, mm-hmm. and I just think about that now, and I'm just like, like, did I need that?
1: Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I did, don't I, like, know did anymore. I need that. Yeah, I was just like,
1: well, I mean, if I it was know. mandated, I, I, I think that it's like, it's not even a matter of whether or not you did need it; it's that you didn't have the choice, and, and that is, that is the, I mean, that's the whole point of the Nuremberg trials was like, you can't mandate medical treatment. You just can't do it. It's a human rights violation. And everyone, I thought, un- not only understood, but agreed to that prior to the year 2020. Um, yeah. how, how, how have you handled the realization that you walk amongst sheep?
2: <laughs> it's a good question. And it's a, okay, it's a good question. And I think it's harder when you're younger um, because when you're younger, there are less people that think like you. So I actually lost basically all my friends in 2021 i lost them all oh, we were so going sorry, down yeah. that it's okay um we, we were going down that road anyway just because of you know who i am and like i said i was naturally kind of this way anyway um but you know when i'm like putting on my stories all this bullshit about like Lockdowns and and how I'm anti lockdown and and all this stuff. Um, And even just like posting about Bitcoin and things like that, because Bitcoin's still this kind of like weird, dark, niche kind of thing. Um, (laughs) They just couldn't really, they just couldn't relate to me anymore. So it does start off as a lonely road. Um, However, you do tend to meet. Now, I'm really fortunate. I've because of because I've gone full in, right? Like when you have when you associate with people that don't align with you, you sort of feel guilty for being who you are, whether it's like for being entrepreneurial, whether it's, um, you know, thinking for yourself, whether it's not being a feminist, whether it's being freedom minded and and all this stuff. So you can't fully grow into who you're supposed to become when you have one, you know, it's like a chain holding you back to who you used to be. Um, And so it's okay because like now, those ties are cut, and I can just go headfirst and really be unapologetic about the things that I think and I feel, and then that actually attracts more people, more like-minded people. Um, so right. now I have so many like-minded friends. I was at a really cool networking event last night in in London, and usually I don't meet these kind of people in London, um, but they were all super, you know, like-minded, and I only was invited because I became friends with a girl who's also really involved in the whole like freedom. Um, the whole freedom mentality. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's it's rewarding once you find like-minded people. But it's but it's a hard but it's hard at first.
1: I, I I've said this on my uh, on my show mm-hmm. a few times actually. So it's it's great to hear you've had the same experience because I was I was a, I've been a libertarian basically my entire life, but I I didn't you know speak out and make it oh. a, a big aspect of who I was until the lockdowns happened. When I started the show and all of a sudden, yeah, you're right. I lost some friends and I also made like a thousand more that actually yeah. see the problems that I see, that see some of the solutions that I see that um, really get where I'm coming from. And it, yeah. it takes, it takes it the, like the red pill journey. The way I describe it is it's one of solitude and then stumbling into a really beautiful community. So I, I try and I try and tell that story because I want people to feel encouraged that yes, it is scary to take that first red pill, to take that first step out into the, to the light, to the truth. And, and you will have some major upheaval in your life, but at, at some point, a little bit down the road, it doesn't even take that long with social media. You will find a community that will embrace you in a way that is more sincere and more heartfelt than probably the community you existed in prior. So, that's my way of encouraging people. How do you how do you get people to to join us in this?
2: Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not not interesting. I just in, like
1: in forcing the red pills.
2: It's a good question. I well, actually, I was like literally lecturing a politician last night. Poor guy. I was biting his ear off. Like I I was at it for like two hours. I brought, I was like a few glasses of wine down as well, um which is why I just wasn't going to stop. Um, but I you know I, I I look at I talk about inflation. I usually start with Bitcoin um, because that's, you know, where where I like to start with um, because it comes. That doesn't sound like I'm trying to convert you. It just sounds like I'm just telling you what I'm passionate about. (laughs) Um, So I start with like inflation and um, you know corruption.
1: uh, Let me point that out real quick. That that's an interesting tool. It's an interesting mechanism because, and and a lot of people have made this observation, but it's so true because Bitcoin was great. Because what it was was an incredible store of value Uh, for the past decade. It's been the best store of value in terms of appreciation and everything else. Uh, It it allows you to talk about freedom in a way that doesn't sound (laughs) like you're talking about freedom. Are you tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the Internet? I sure am, especially after this past week. Maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't solve the problem either. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish All of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for my listeners. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, that's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash Clint and use promotional code Clint and claim your 70% savings today. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot forward slash c-l-i-n-t that's me so that's yeah. that's interesting
2: yeah i literally do that um so i am like you know inflation yeah like you know how You're your right. grandfather's house is like was really cheap and like now it's just more expensive you know <laughs> you know how like so in the uk where you have something do you have freddos do you know about freddos no no you know what freddos are oh my God. freddos are like these little chocolates okay um in the uk and there's a joke you measure inflation by the price of a freddo so when i was in school it was like five pence and then i remembered even when i was still in school it went up to like 10 pence pretty sure freddo is like 25 30 pence now or something um so i'll be like you know a freddo yeah it's getting more expensive and so that's where i go with that and then i talk also just like about like um you know decentralization and mm-hmm. how it's not crazy to think that centralized power could be dangerous um you know um like it's a lot of
1: historical examples proving you correct <laughs> it's very
3: dangerous.
2: exactly you know and even you know so i, I do a lot of them um, i do a lot of news shows um and one of the things that i say is i say look at the cypriot haircut of 2013. so for those that don't know um, in Cyprus in 2013, the economy was going through some pretty terrible things. And essentially, they confisc- in order to fix the problem, they confiscated money um, from people who had 100,000 euros in their bank account. So people woke up one day with their life savings just gone because the EU commission has literally had the... Oh, can you still hear me? Can you hear me? I think it froze. Sorry. It,
1: it, yeah, it did went out, out freeze? for a second. but
2: Where did you, you hear me? up to? Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Actually, it never stopped. The audio never stopped. Just the video went oh. for a second.
2: Okay, great. That's good. Okay, so yeah, so they confiscated uh, money from the people who had uh, more than a hundred thousand euros in the bank account, and the authorities were literally able to do that because they had the they had the authority to. The EU Commission had the commissioner had the authority to do that. Um, so that's your hard earned money taken, literally taken. Mm. um that's insane you wake up one day and it's gone so there's that um inflation again is also a form of taxation um a form of confiscation taxation um without legalization as they say um you know which is literally theft so that's another way of looking at it um sorry go on i thought like you about to say something
1: oh no it, i mean uh, i think you're right that the these economic crises that have happened over the past 15 years um you've it's, it's given us a good opportunity to say, hey, you know, all those things I've been telling you about central banking and the Federal Reserve, I mean, that's from an American perspective. You may have a, a different tactic, but uh, this is what I'm talking about. You know, in, in Cyprus, where they, uh, or Cyprus, rather, where they, uh, they just seized assets because the government was essentially bankrupt. It's like, yeah, this is, this is what they can do. And, and to your point about the CBDCs, uh, they now have in the white paper the capability to not just shut off your ability to use their central bank digital currency, but they can also just with the click of a button, put as many new currency units into the system as they want and remove. So you could have all of your savings in say the U S CBDC, we'll call it the, uh, U S coin digital dollar. Yeah. Digital dollar. And, And they can just say, Hey, Clint Russell, who has a million dollars in his uh, you know, digital dollars account, poof, gone. And there is no record of that ever existing. That's in the white paper for the C B D C that they're talking about rolling out. That is horrifying. If you don't understand why that's concerning, I don't know, I don't know how I can reach you other than just say, do you want that to be a power that anyone has over you? Like the answer yeah. is clearly no.
2: Yeah, and I think that we have to understand how we get there, right? Because now people may be listening and saying that would never happen. Well, back in January 2020, would you tell me that forced medicines would happen? No, you wouldn't you, you also wouldn't agree to it either. So everything so tyranny happens in a gradual way. Um everything happens. Way. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's so everything is gradual. I mean, Nazi Germany was gradual. They didn't put Jews in gas chambers straight away. That wouldn't be very nice, you know. They um <laughs> they did the us and them first. That was more polite. <laughs> it's more polite right. tyranny. Um and so so with CBDCs, what I believe, um, and I'm, I know I'm right, <laughs> is that it will be marketed as better for the environment. That's how <laughs> this will go. Okay. So it will be right, like
0: that's that's crazy. It,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be like it'll be like you know, use our new shiny digital pound, digital dollar. Um, you know, we don't have to cut down trees anymore. Um, you know, that you do not have to like simply the, the printing of money and the creation of money and all the infrastructure that that requires. And, you know, it's really bad for the environment. Now, you know, we can just poof, create it because it's digital and it's all very, it's going to be so efficient. It's going to be amazing for the environment. Um, and it probably is better for the environment, but I don't give a shit. Like I don't, I don't care. Like just <laughs> you know also good for the environment, Bitcoin, because it uses renewable energy. So like, so that's you, how it'll you, be marketed.
1: You, you know what else else is bad for the environment? War. And they don't well, seem to care <laughs> about ending any of those. So don't yeah. listen to these people. When they don't act in a way that's that's in alignment with what they espouse, you have to assume that they're full of fucking shit. Because they are. They don't care about any of these things that they try to utilize to pull on your heartstrings to get you on board with their evil plans. It's just about power and manipulation. And I think that that has been the hardest realization for me over the past two years is, like, these people are dark. Like, they are yeah. very Sinister. Yeah. They they act in unison. Uh, I don't. I I never bought into the new world order globalist takeover. Alex Jones line of thinking. I really didn't. I was like I always found it a, a fascinating thought experiment, and uh, and that was about it. And uh-huh. then I saw basically every liberal Western democracy lock us in our homes. You know, like that. Once you see something so ascientific and so anti-liberal in the the actual good use of the word yeah. um you you i don't know how you conclude anything else did, did you come away more of a conspiracy theorist too
2: yeah i mean i came away angry really really yeah. angry and really sad actually like i'm i would say i'm on like a come down right now like i'm on i'm just i'm breathing again like i gotta be honest uh, with you like- i didn't sleep properly for like two years and the reason i didn't sleep properly for two years is because i didn't want to take the juice right and i can see what's happening and i can see that you know i'm not going to be able to travel i really don't like england so i want to move to america um and you know you now need a vaccine to get in and and all this stuff and you know it's just right now i can breathe easy but there were times when I, i i couldn't and even back in december when i was in america um and they brought vaccine passports in in the uk um and they were talking about boosters so you know, you're now everybody has to have the third one. And that terrified me because it's like, I can sort myself out, but like my, what can my parents do? Like, what if I'm living in America and my parents can't come visit me? because they haven't had the third jab or then the fourth jab, the fifth jab. And how do you, how do you sleep like that? Like, I I can't, I can't sleep knowing that I could be away from my family for an extended period of time. Or like, I don't know where I'm living or I don't know what I'm going to do. Or like, we're all broken because, you can't go home and you can't you know if, to go home you have to well at one point in uh, in eight, this time last year if you wanted to get into england you had to do a passenger locator form and pay like 300 and something pounds for a for two pcr tests that you must take when you get in plus like 100 pounds for a pcr test to leave the country plus all the flights like it was just so expensive and impossible and with inflation um and you know just life as it is like they just made everything hard and so you know i i really i actually did like i got i got bags under my eyes and everything from it like i'm just trying to sleep easy now and like relax and and like take a breath to be honest um and yeah
1: i i moved i moved from california to florida uh because california was kind of like the uk it was it was very harsh with these lockdowns and uh what really concerned me was, you know, I, I still have all my family in California, so even though it's still the U.S., the the treatment from one state to the other is so different that yeah. I was very concerned when you had that psychopath Leanna Wen and Fauci talking about whether or not they should make it mandatory for air travel, and I was like, well, if Domestic they make it mand- air travel, right? Yeah, if they make yeah. it mandatory for air travel, I may never go back to California because I, it's a it's very far away. I mean, that's three thousand mile drive, and and then Leanna Wen, this lunatic, was talking about how she wanted to make it. Uh, and people have totally like memory hold this because she's shifted the narrative herself. But she was talking about making it checkpoints for interstate travel too. You know, they Disgusting. were they were they were talking about full checkpoints, paper please, Nazi Germany shit, like crazy crazy shit. And and I was like, I may never see my family again. Like I live in America, the land of the free and i may never see my family again like that's a that's a wh- like if you don't lose sleep over stuff like that man good good on you for being so <laughs> ignorant to the the threats you're facing but they were pushing for that for a while and i think that the only reason that 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 didn't happen is because the populist uprising mm-hmm. especially with the canadian trucker convoy started to demonstrate like you are pushing us to a level that we will do drastic things to stop you and we're gonna still stay peaceful as long as we possibly can, but we're gonna take some drastic measures, like shutting down the economy. Like you, you taught us about lockdowns. The beautiful yes. irony of that—you motherfuckers taught us about the power of locking down. We're now gonna use this to stop you. Um, what do you think about all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say just also on the previous point, like one of the darkest days that I had, like within the last few months, was back in December when um, France, who are literally our next door neighbors, um, you know, they said only, they said, if you're unvaccinated, you can't have medical treatment. That terrified me. That terrified me. Cause again, I thought, well, the UK is bringing in vaccine passports. We're literally copying everyone. Um, I was like, does that mean for my parents? Like, Oh my Lord. Like I just, anyway, I, I literally meditated on it and I prayed on it and I'll tell you a story and then I'll we'll get back to the truckers, but I'll tell you a story. Um, sure. I was like yeah it was it was dark like I was so unhappy like terrified terrified um and yeah I this was like when Omicron was whatever the fuck it's called Omicron I don't know what it's called um yeah, yeah when that was like blowing up and everyone was mo- talking about the third booster and we had a whole campaign in England they literally suspended the National Health Service so that they could push the bo- the booster for for a month and um yeah and I had to. I had to like sit down with myself and and just be like, okay, let's pray on this and let's meditate on this. And I'm talking about this was in the heart of it all. And a vision came to me. I had this vision, okay, that in May 2022 everything will be lifted. And no I just, I just, I just knew it. I just knew it. And I, I have, I have messages like on my phone of me telling people like I can prove that. Back in December, I was, I was like, this is getting lifted. I, ju- it just, it just came to me. And I remember I was. I was out with someone and I, I told them and I was like, everything's okay because it's going to be lifted in May 2022. And they were like, that's a specific date. What do you mean? And I was like, it just came to me. And no joke, two weeks later, everything lifted.
1: Yeah. Incredible.
2: I don't know what it was. I just, I I don't know. It's one of those things where you're just like, like, I don't even know if I believe in a God or whatever. I don't know what I believe in. But like, you know, when, when like you just need some kind of divine intervention and I was there like, Give me some strength. I need this, and then yeah, I got that's, that vision.
1: That's that's awesome. I, unfortunately, all my visions that have come true have been very negative. <laughs> really? But that's
2: just,
1: it, well, yeah, just because I'm reading, I'm reading the trajectory of things. Like the the reason that people started to pay attention to me is like I was telling them, hey, if you allow for this. XYZ is coming next. That's and not a
2: vision, though. So, wait, that's true. okay. So, that, that that's like, that's like a, I, that this is it for me. Like, you know, you're predicting this. I'm predicting CBDCs are coming and it's not going to be good. But I mean, like, something that like you desire from your heart for yourself. It, oh, I do, I do different. that pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, yeah,
1: no, yeah. no, you're totally right. And I, all I was doing was using historical cognates or comparisons <laughs> yes. to, to warn people. I, so, it wasn't a vision. It was just a, a prediction. Um, but no, in, in my own personal life, I have, you know, basically manifested my, my entire incredible experience. Like it's so yes. there I, I have, I have the ability going both directions, but in terms of like prediction power, I don't have oh, much, yeah. I don't have much like <laughs> hopeful examples where I was like, no, no, they're going to lift it in uh, 60 days. Cause I just, I, I tend not to ever believe that they will relinquish their power without some sort of uprising. And that's what we saw with the, the trucker convoy. To, so uh, you were going to talk about what you thought yeah. about it?
2: Oh, I'm all for it. Um, obviously, I'm all Not for surprised. it. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that. Um, again, you know, if someone wants to take your medicine, please do. Um, but I think the thing with Canada is that it's it's different than the US because I know in some states, obviously, you have these passports and these mandates. Um, but it's different with the US because, like, you can't even leave the country now. So now you're in, now you're a prisoner to your own country. Mm. Um, and I think that. It's incredible to see people rising up. Um, I think that Trudeau won't survive this. Um, it's been a massive wake-up call for everyone. Um, you know, just Trudeau calling people Nazis and anti-Semites and like racists and misogynists. It's like, bro, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? I can't believe
1: he's using the same script in a country that has no history of this stuff. Like, they don't have the history of of (laughs) Nazism, the way that we have some alt-right fringe groups i mean we don't really have a history of it either but it's it's just incredible they use the same script they're just like fuck it we're going to use the same script
2: but you know it's wild so when i was i don't know in how old was i like 14 or 15 or something i was in school i was in history class and we're learning about like the civil rights movement and we're learning about feminism and how women were out there burning their bras and black people were out there. Like, you know, or, like women, for example, were, like tr- were tying themselves to tracks for, to get the vote. And black people were out there like doing whatever the hell they were doing to get their e- equal rights yeah. and all this incredible, incredible stuff. And I remember sitting there, I was like, 14 or something. I thought to myself, God, we live in such easy times. Like, imagine, imma- I can't imagine like being so passionate about something and needing to go out and protest. Like imagine something which is so existential that you feel you have to go. I can't believe you know, and at the time as well, there was a lot going on in our country with the with the current election that happened. And I remember just thinking like how I don't know I was 14, but I was thinking how trivial it was and how and how you know it really doesn't matter who gets into power because it's literally the same. Like, you know, that's it I was thinking I was like imagine just having what they had. And now I, I feel we are literally living through this same thing the same thing if not worse in many different ways I'm not sure but um it, it's up there um because yep. you know it's it's about putting something in your body um and I think you know if it sets it look, look like lockdown set a terrible precedent but I mean if you start allowing um authority to determine what goes in, in and out of your body you know like that's that's rape. That's
1: the end of the road.
2: Yeah, and you you can't you can't go back from that, and that sets a very dangerous precedent. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I have a question for you. Actually, you can tell me like what you think. Okay, okay. so like this is how I, this is how I tend to explain the whole vaccine thing to people, like the mandatory thing. I don't care if there's I don't care if there's a deadly virus, right? Because at the end of the day, I have to be free to choose what happens to my body. So the question is. The question is, let's just say the world was about to be over and the human race was about to go extinct. The only way to save human race is to impregnate these three women. Mm. If each woman said no, I won't do it. And as a result, the human race will end. What do you do? Do you have a moral duty to therefore rape her and impregnate her?
0: No.
1: You have a moral imperative not to. I mean, still...
2: Exactly. And so for me, it's like, I don't care what the ends are. It's it's never justified. It is never justified. Like and, the means, and, the means never justify the ends. The ends never justify right. the means. Yeah. There we go. Yeah.
1: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this, and I think that's a really powerful, you know, metaphor to use because it, it plays off of some of the other things that they talk in terms of women's liberation and, and women's rights and things like that. And I mean, this is the the whole irony of it is that many of the people espousing mandatory vaccination were the people that also do the whole my, my body, my choice argument. And obviously with the abortion debate, there's another human being involved. It's it's a, you know, an embryo, but it still is a person. So it, it's even more uh crazy to take it to the, you know, get rid of the, my body, my choice, when it comes to some sort of airborne virus that is going to be with us forever. And, and I had been saying for over a year and a half, I've been saying like, this thing isn't going to go away. Like this is an airborne respiratory virus like that. That doesn't go away with vaccination. And certainly it's not going to go away uh, just because you mandate it, because you're going to have to get to a point of perfect efficacy. The thing's going to have to work. And you're going to have to get everyone to take it, uh, and that's not going to happen because we're you're going to have a certain percentage of the of the country or the world that just tells you to shove it, and you're going to have to put them in camps. And they started putting people in camps. They like they're
2: like, they they're like yep. okay
1: yeah I hear you and guess what fuck you we're going to do it. And I yeah. th- I mean I just don't know how you come away anything other than radicalized after that. It it is such a dark moment in time, and I think your comparison to the civil rights movement of the 1960s in America is perfectly apt. People get offended when I talk about it, but it's true. It is very similar. It was about segregation, you know, between the vax and the vax, the black and the white. Um, It was about separate but equal, like you had, or not separate but equal, separate but unequal, or you had, uh, you know, different uh, venues where like only the vaccinated could go. Well, that's the same thing they did with white people. Uh, You had employment issues where black people couldn't get certain jobs. Like, the, the comparisons are ample, and yet yeah. still people kind of take a knee-jerk reaction of, like, how dare you bring up this beautiful civil rights movement in comparison to that? I'm like, this is a civil rights movement. That's what we're doing right here. We're on the front lines of it. Yes, we have you know the technology to talk through the Internet now, and, it, and it's hard to believe that it's the same thing. But it really – it's very, very similar, to put it my yeah. way. Yeah.
2: No, I totally agree, um, and I think that you know they they try to justify it by by saying you know well there's this deadly virus, um, and to be clear, what I meant to say was that was that the yeah the ends never ever justify. Oh fuck, I get it wrong again. <laughs> do, do you know what it is? I didn't. I tell you what, I didn't get to sleep till two thirty last night. I know.
1: I know you had you had wine last night. You were partying. You were rubbing elbows with politicians. I get it. Don't don't.
2: <laughs> I'm so tired. But yeah, it's I think that's what it is. They tend to justify it, right? With with the whole, yeah. um, it's this deadly virus. But it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Um, The means are the means. And right. if it is inherently unethical to get from A to B, then we don't do it. Yeah. And I think things are inherently unethical. Um, You know, so well, see, many things. Yeah.
1: But see, the thing is, if, if you were in the situation where there was only three women left on Earth it's the odds are that one of them would be persuaded that to continue the the human species that they would probably want to procreate if they didn't of course there's still no moral right to do anything about that if they if they oppose it because we still honor individual choice that's that's the whole point um and and i really thought that that was kind of a universally accepted principle amongst people you know on the left and right and then i realized it's not you know, these people believe yeah, in
2: crazy.
1: rape. Like, that's what they believe in. And yeah. and that's what it is. I mean, you're forcing something into my body. And the libertarian argument has been for the past, you know, 50 years that if you allow the government to tell you what you can't put in your body with the war on drugs, well, then it's not a big logical step for them to tell you what you must put in your body. And and the truth is they don't have the right to do either. And and yeah. I think that that's, that's the key here is that we need to... Not just crack down and crush the idea of lockdowns and forced vaccination and forced medical treatment and segregation and all these other evil things. We have to go all the way back and say, why did this happen? And we must defeat those ideologies as well. There is no mm-hmm. there is no righteousness or morality in telling what people people what they can't put in their bodies either. Uh, do you think we have any hope of actually like Having a a re enlightenment where we take people back and get more liberty? Or am I totally out of my mind?
2: So, in my few years on this planet, (laughs) from (laughs) what I think, I think there's like this I think society goes in waves and cycles, right? Culture does, trends do, what's fashionable does. Um, I think we will come out of this um, and there will be an enlightenment period. Which will be very similar to the 80s and the 90s. Um, And then life will get so good again. And life will be brilliant like the 90s, where we peak. And And therefore, people will screw up again. (laughs) Yeah, because people become weak. As they say, good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men. So yeah, it's an, it's it's not just men, it's, it's society in general. So right now we have bad times that will create enlightened, very powerful, strong individuals that will bring about very good times, hopefully for our children, my children. And, you know, life will be really freaking easy for them. Um, and then we'll go in cycles. Um, but I definitely think because we, we've hit like this point and the next decade is going to be this push and pull between the state and the people um and i think things like bitcoin are is our weapon because it's a way to um live off the grid right and it's not just bitcoin though it's everything that bitcoin creates in terms of like the industry of working in crypto you're working with like minded people so i've said things oh my god i've said things and i'm you know i haven't been cancelled um i've had people like one of my it doesn't really matter who but i've had i've had somebody's seen one of my tweets and actually sent it to the ceo of the company who are one of my biggest clients. The CEO thinks exactly the same as me, so it's chill. Um, right. You know, and he told me, he was like, lol this fucking loser thinks I'm gonna get rid of you. <laughs> you know, you know, so it. like, yeah. So it empowers, you know, decentralization so you can work from anywhere in the world. So you're not confined to a certain tyrannical country. Um, you have like minded people, so you're not going to be cancelled. Um, there's a lot of money in the industry, um, and so it's not just Bitcoin itself, it's the entire infrastructure and the community and the world that it has basically allowed and empowered and enabled, which will be the best way to fighting all of this. So Moving forward, I intend to live in that community, breathe in that community, and only be in that community. When I get married, it'll be with someone of that community. You know, like that is what I want. Um, I'm not interested in in the outside. I'm not interested in in the outside and anything outside of it. To be honest, because they're all a bunch of crazies.
1: <laughs> I love it, uh, and ironically, or or perhaps appropriately. That's what happened after the civil rights movement too. You had a lot of a lot of black people that were like, I'm, you know, you have to marry within your race because these people are so dangerous and they want to oppress you. And that's kind of what we're dealing with now. It's not it has nothing to do with skin color, of course, but it has to do with ideology where it's like I'm only going to be with someone who sees the world the same way I do because these this other way of thinking is so dark. Like it, it's really it's not not good, <laughs> just to put it mildly. It's not good at all. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I've I'm the same way. I've I've started dating in this community more, and and it's been great because I don't have all of the the uh, cognitive dissonance or the turmoil within the relationship where like they believe in big government and they believe in trusting the government when it comes to declaring war oh, and right. all these other things. And it's like, yeah, well, that's that that went from being like kind of my preference to being. A necessity i have it has to... to be yeah exactly
2: and like i don't know what your experiences have been like but like what i can confirm is that if you date outside of this whole mentality um it won't even work because like you won't agree on so many things which aren't even related to politics right in terms of like gender roles you're not going to agree on that you're just not Right. You, and and that's going to be very difficult, you know, like the expectations from each other, as you know, your expectations from a woman, a woman's expectations from a man, like they're just not going to be aligned. And I just know that as a matter of fact, like <laughs> if you don't think like this, then you're not going to think like that. Um, right. And so it's just going to be an absolute nightmare of a breakdown. It's, it's, so it's yeah.
1: kind of a it's kind of a shortcut to knowing who you should and shouldn't date, actually, because oh then, yeah, you know, like I don't have to waste my time with anybody that's not kind of already one foot in my world because I already know like it's going to be insane trying to talk to these people. So uh, I mean, it's, it's sad and it's in, in one way because it's like, it, it basically means that we're probably never going to have a kind of unified world again. But I think in reality, we never had it. And that was kind of my own delusion as a child to believe that like the, uh, the concepts of liberty and freedom and the American, Way and all that stuff that I was kind of indoctrinated into as a kid just didn't really exist, you know. And and I think that that's been a a harsh realization Uh, for you. It's probably even more stark because I think that the UK doesn't have that as much as I was propagandized to believe America does. And you kind of learned how few people shared your values in, you know, London and elsewhere is that we're very lefty
2: yeah Yeah. i mean like the uk is very lefty london's particularly lefty which is why like when i was out last night it was just so nice because you were just in a room full of like journalists influencers politicians media people who just all feel the same way um and it was just like so good and so unusual and you know you can well like same as when i was in miami like I could just speak so freely. I was I was just like at lunch or whatever, and I'm just like, yeah, fuck the vaccines. And I have to worry about what I'm <laughs> saying. And then someone else was like, yeah. And I'm like, cool, I'm in the right place. You know? Um, I love it. I yeah, love it. so it's good.
1: Well, um, let's get out of here on one one positive note. Give me give me one more vision. Since you said May 2022, right. we're gonna have all of them lifted. Meditate and tell me one more positive development we have in the next year.
2: I can't tell you. I don't know. It has to, you know? It has to come from like the heart, and it has to come from like a moment of like. Needing, I know,
1: I know. I was, I was just know? messing with you. But give me, no, give I me don't. a, a prediction, not, not a, uh, a vision. Like, do you think I that there's? That, I oh, can give you, you a prediction.
2: Yeah, okay. Bitcoin will hit a hundred million dollars for sure. I don't know when. Um, wow. But it, it could happen. It could happen in the next fifteen years. It could happen in ten years. I think it will hit five hundred k in like the next five years. That's for sure.
1: Wow. All right. Yeah. Buy some Bitcoin, folks. <laughs> this Thanks is not financial <laughs> this is not financial advice uh leah heilpern please tell people how they can follow you support you everything else
2: yeah um so you can follow me on twitter it's just my name there leah heilpern i'm on instagram i'm on youtube i also have a podcast where i speak to some really cool people Um, if you're interested in learning more about bitcoin i have a book which is behind me called undressing bitcoin there it is yeah um it's a super easy beginner's guide to bitcoin um it's rather inflammatory um so yeah check it out I'll, I'll
1: I'll include all of that information in the description to this episode. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Let the world know there are other people that see the world the way we do and <laughs> they happen to be fun and normal and nice and you don't have to be afraid. Take that red pill. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Don't go anywhere. If you enjoyed that episode, it just gets crazier and more mind-blowing from here. Literally, the creator of BCH, Amari Sachet, as well as Tobias Ruck, who is the creator of Lotus. They are seriously brilliant human beings, like genius level. And, uh, I learned a hell of a lot about what CBDCs will consist of, why they're so concerning, why they're so imminent, uh, how we might push back and you're not going to want to miss it. I mean, this, this is probably, this is as deep as I've gone into crypto right here and Because I'm a layman when it comes to that, this is going to be your opportunity. If you're also a layman, or even if you're not, to have someone who's asking really brilliant computer scientists kind of the more rudimentary questions, breaking it down into a a level that I can I could process. Um, It's still very advanced though, so even if you're a wizard on this stuff, I think you'll you'll find a ton of value in this. You're going to enjoy it a lot. Don't go anywhere. Just wanted to say real quick, if you want to support the show, another way to support it is go to toplobsta.com. That's T-O-P-L-O-B-S-T-A s t-a.com. You can pick up Tower Gang merch. You can pick up Liberty Lockdown merch. We got brand new designs from Top Lobsta that are so cool. I haven't even got them yet. I'm going to get them in, uh, in Florida or in Melbourne this weekend so you can get it before me if you want to. Go to toplobsta.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome everybody to a special episode of Liberty Lockdown. We got a double dipper today. We got Amari and Tobias Ruck, who I actually met in Mexico, which was really fun. Uh, These guys are both programmers, have been involved in the crypto space for a while. I'll let them give you their background so that you can understand why you should be listening to them. Uh, We'll go with Amari first.
4: Okay. So I'm I'm Amari Suchet. I'm known mostly for having created BCH, I guess, um, on which I've worked for, like, Three years, four years, something like that. Um, and now I'm working on another project called eCash because I think BCH, you know, like took the wrong direction at some point. And Tobias.
3: And I'm uh, Tobias uh, or Tobias. I'm Tobias Excuse Spook. me. I, I American. <laughs> it's the American way to say it, but in Germany we say in Germany we say it the Spanish way. And, I know you even uh, corrected me in Mexico. I'm sorry, <laughs> man, Tobias. Don't worry. So um, yeah, I've also been working on uh, Bitcoin Cash, uh, not as much as Amory. I'm only, uh, but i mainly focused on applications, um, whereas Amri worked on the blockchain itself. Like I developed uh, Bitcoin Cash smart cards, where you can pay with smart cards. Um, I showed you that in uh, Mexico, I think. And now I'm working on uh, Stamp, which is a peer-to-peer, end-to-end encrypted messenger, which can also send private uh, transactions in a scalable way. And hope we can get to that uh, later on. Um, and that is running on uh, our own blockchain, which is based on what uh, Amri is doing, uh, Lotus. And yeah, I'm happy to talk about the problems we're seeing and, the, and some of the solutions that us provided me.
1: Well, I really appreciate your guys' time and your expertise. This will be invaluable to me as someone who is a, an old money guy, but not a programmer, does not understand the uh, the ins and outs of the blockchain in, in such depth as you do. Uh, so for the audience's understanding, the reason I invited these guys on is because, first off, they're brilliant. But secondarily, we have seen uh, why there is the, the whole old moniker of Bitcoin fixes this or Bitcoin solves that, you know, the, the blanket statement of, well, if you just adopt Bitcoin, then everything will be solved. And I think that we are learning this week, especially with the, the Canadian Freedom Convoy and the suppression of those people, as well as the, the freezing of their bank accounts. And now the pursuit of any cryptocurrency that's being used to support them in their fight. And I I basically put out a, a post just just lamenting the fact that I don't understand how this is happening. These, these are the problems I thought were solved, and uh, apparently they are not, and apparently the government is privy to much of our, our methodology to circumvent their suppression, and they are starting to really crack down in ways that are pretty profound. So uh, let's start there, guys. Uh, I know this is probably going to get into a, a big block, small block debate, but I, I've, done, I've done episodes on that before. I think that um, you know that that divide that that disagreement is probably not going to be solved on this show. So, moreover, I just want to focus on what you guys see as the problem, the reasons that you think that you know Bitcoin no longer fixes this, is a blanket statement,
4: and and we can uh, go from there. So, yeah. Before think- quickly, uh, oh, yeah, sure. I want to add something because you mentioned like the the block size debate and like look, the body of the thing is that we can have many blockchains that have many properties and. Uh, and i don't think there is really like i don't think there is really a, a good reason to try to solve that debate right like it's it's not like there cannot be civil project that do several things
1: i i agree with you i don't understand the reason for the antagonism be- between the two communities but there is a tremendous amount of antagonism between the two communities yeah i know i know
4: i know and yeah. i was in the middle of it because i created bch but that's always something that has a bothered me and and quite frankly that has been a huge distraction right and i think i agree oh, this whole antagonism is one of the reason uh, uh bch is not doing that good now
1: yeah well I, and and i hope people can get past that i mean i it's the same argument i have between anarchists and minarchists it's like guys we're fighting fucking totalitarianism why are we arguing over over which is the the best path i mean let's just all push in the same
3: direction what's that it's divide and conquer right like
1: um, yeah but why are we falling for see,
3: it? yeah well human nature i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah
1: i guess man but the problems are just so significant so anyways um let's start with amari go ahead and tell us a little bit about why this is a problem and why people should be paying attention to it we'll
4: just go from there yeah so uh, i actually explained that in a in a conference before launching bch at, in in rnm people can can go watch that back but Basically the, the problem that we have is, is that, uh, our monetary system goes through intermediaries and except cash, right? Like cash is the only form of, of money we can transact with that don't involve intermediaries and, and the thing is like with those intermediary come regulation of those intermediaries and effectively, like we're losing the, the control over the money that we have, uh, through that and. There is a second problem, which is inflation of fiat currencies, uh, where the money devalues. And uh, where crypto was very interesting in the early days, um, still is, but not the biggest project, not the most visible st- project now, is that it proposed a solution that solved both problem. And really, this is... This is very, very important because both problems come from the fact that we have no solution that address both problems, right? So if you are worried about inflation and, and you know, changing the money supply or whatever, you can buy gold, for instance, or any other precious metal, or, you know, like there are other assets, but there are assets that are probably scarce and, and that you can buy, but none of those are very convenient to use on a day-to-day basis, right? Like if I want to buy a sandwich with gold. Um, like even admitting that the merchant accept that we need to wait it. And, you know, the merchant needs to make sure that it's pure and whatever, right? Like, so it's, it's very, very inconvenient to use on a day-to-day basis. Right. And on the the other end, we have fiat that is super convenient to use. And that's why it's been created. Right. And, and though it's super convenient to use, it has its own downsides. Um, and, and the reason we have technology like this that emerged is that because we don't have a good technology that does both. Right. So the cycle is always the same at the beginning of, of a civilization, when it starts growing, they use hard money, like precious metal. But then as you know, the economic system grows and grows and grows, it becomes completely unmanageable to do so. Right. And I guess the first time it happened at scale was when there was empire around the Mediterranean sea where, Suddenly transporting gold by boat from, you know, like Turkey to Greece, to to Italy or whatever, it becomes uh, very, very burdensome and very risky as well, right? So suddenly you start trading uh, IOUs and you get into the whole fractional reserve stuff, fiat, whatever, right? Uh, People do that for convenience. They don't do that because they like their money inflating away. Uh, They just do that because the alternative is not convenient enough. And... And for as long as you don't have a technology that does both, you're gonna have this split and all those problems that came up. But uh, uh, where, yeah, where Bitcoin's got interesting is, is when it's starting doing both. So to loop that back to the, to the truckers and whatnot, well, they have to use their monies through intermediaries because they use banks, they use payment processors like Visa, PayPal, MasterCard, whatever. And all those actors, are regulated and they don't have the same incentive to protect your freedom than you do, right? Like they want to protect their freedom, like everybody else, but they they are not as ready to to fight for yours. And so, um, and so through those actors, the government can actually control your money, um, and that's basically what's happening, right? That was
1: a, a beautiful synopsis, and and for those that are listening that are unfamiliar, uh, over 220 people had their complete banking history frozen credit cards banks debit cards everything uh because they were either affiliated with or were actively protesting against the mandates in canada Uh, ottawa specifically is where this really heated up Um, and what's in
4: the table now is to also freeze the account of everybody that donated or or supported in some way Exactly. So, so they want to expand that. Like it's it's ramping up exponentially. It it has just started, but uh, they are and family members.
3: To... Like if you have family members that supported uh, the trucker protest, then they might just, you know, out of deterrence, also freeze your bank account or something.
1: Exactly, because they're trying to. I mean, there is uh, from a sick, tyrannical perspective. There's a lot of logic to this. If you want mm-hmm. to undercut the financing to a dissident uh, protest such as this.
4: Oh yes, and makes
1: kind of sense. I mean,
4: look what is not happening, right? What is not happening is the U.S. government or the French one or the German one or the British one or the Australian one. Like all the Western countries that are supposedly bastion of freedom and whatnot, they are look. They are looking at Canada, which like three years ago, you would have people like, "Is it going to turn into a totalitarian regime?" Nobody would have told you. I think this is likely, right? But it it's happening and. And none of the other countries are saying anything, right? If China would have done that, for instance, they would have obviously said something. Um, and the reason is they are looking at it and they are very interested. And the question that they are asking themselves is, how oh, do we do this at home without it exploding in our face, right? This is, this is the number one question in, in all Westerns country governments right now.
1: It is indeed, and and for anyone paying attention, the number one question is how the fuck do we stop this? Uh, I am I am extremely concerned about this, and we didn't even mention the the reason that this all became uh, highlighted and they went down this cryptocurrency path is because they had a give send go campaign, which was a response to a uh, what's the other one?
3: Uh, GoFundMe, go uh, fund yeah, GoFundMe, GoFundMe.
1: Yeah, GoFundMe voluntarily shut down their stuff. Give, send, go pops up and says, no, 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 send your money this way and we'll get it to the truckers. And then the government intervened and made it so that the give, send, go funds were also frozen. I mean, this is astonishing. They are are pulling out all the stops, any semblance of, you know, checks and balances, due process, a court order, you know, like this is all just tyranny. I mean, it's really incredible. So go ahead, Tobias. Tell us a little bit about your perspective on it.
3: Yeah, I I very much share the sentiment uh, that Omri shared and also like the the historic background, very precise. And I think one of the biggest issues is that, um, like right now, um, people still very much rely on um, like financial institutions to use crypto. Right. And a part of that is because um, in order to do like anything useful with crypto, like sometimes you need to have custody of the funds. Um, we are working on, on um, protocols right now which are non-custodial it means that you have full control over your keys and like um, it's all just a protocol. But for a lot of things like uh, trading, trading fiat to um, crypto or even trading crypto to crypto, you often uh, are custodial, which is a very specific term. and um, that means you need to have a money service business license. right It means you need to be licensed to use that. And then you're basically, like, if you want to do that without, like, and if you if you don't comply, you can go uh, to jail up, up to five years, right? If you write a piece of software that is, like, trading crypto for other people, that and uh, you don't register that, and you don't do the KYC, that could be five years uh, in prison. Um, and we saw something similar, but, like, amped up to, like, a, a much higher degree with the Silk Road thing, where all they did was, like, trade um, goods and services for Bitcoin. And then uh, Ross Ulbricht uh, went to jail for 40 years or something like that. Um, and, Double life um,
1: sentence, I think. I mean, he'll he probably will never see the light of day unless there's some some sort of presidential pardon or something to that effect.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. So there, that alone was a very big chilling effect on the whole crypto scene of like, okay, let's you know, let's do, let's not do illegal things. And you know I don't recommend anyone doing uh, illegal things, obviously. Um, but uh, that w- what the effect of that was, is that uh, most of, of the crypto space is very much uh, like very similar to the existing financial system, like, like, for example, Coinbase or like um, Kraken. I mean, the CEO of Kraken or CTO, like, um, was very much like, oh, if you want to use your crypto, then withdraw it from the exchange, because if they tell us to freeze your assets and we know who you are, like, we have to comply, right? Like, their their company they can't like their fiduciary responsibility and everything, and um, yeah. So what we need to do is we m- need to move away from um, from everything that's classified MSB like money source business activity, and we need to move to everything that is just like person to person interacting with each other, right? And the most important like there's this meme uh, protocols, not platforms. Basically, what that means, we need to move away from uh, platforms like Coinbase, but also um, gifs and go, I guess, right, because they took custody and move over to everything being more of a protocol where we exchange data over the blockchain, exchange data um, directly uh, between each other.
4: Can, can I jump in with the protocol versus platform stuff? Because I, I, I'm not sure it's very clear to people what that means. To developer, it's going to be very clear, right? But to people, not that much. So yeah. Um... A protocol is like a language, um, that English computers, um, different computer systems, use to talk to each other or, or even people, right? Like we have a bunch of protocol, like when, when we meet in person, we're going to say hello and, and, you know, behave in a certain way, right? Like there is a certain protocol that we follow so that the each other's behavior is, is, um, like we can understand it and, and, and make sense of it. Right. Um. So, so an example of a protocol that people use to talk to each other on the internet would be emails, right? Like almost everybody used email or, or, or the web when you open, you know, Chrome or Firefox or whatever you use, brave maybe, um, and, and you go to subway pages, uh, this is, a, this is a protocol, right? And anyone can open the mail services. Anyone can, uh, have an email address. Anyone can create a new website, uh, right. That's, that's how it is. Right. But on the other hand, you have platform, an example of a platform would be uh, Facebook for instance, or, or Twitter, um, where there is not some set of rules that you can apply and interact with everybody else on Twitter. You need to connect to some entity that is called Twitter as well, right? That, that manage everything for everybody. So there is some degree of convenience that come with that, right? Because the whole business is handled by a company, and and they make a profit in, 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 in doing so, right? But they also provide a lot of convenience. Um, the flip side of that is that if someone goes to Twitter and say, "Hey, you need to shut down Donald Trump's account," well, they're gonna do it. Um, so, so our tweets, our tweets
1: are like our money, and Twitter's the custodian, kind of. Yeah,
4: exactly, exactly, and. Um, but, but you cannot do that with email, right? Like you cannot prevent someone from using email because email is just like a set of rules. And if you use a program on any computer that follow that set of rules, then you're going to be able to send email and, and talk with everybody else, right? The big of that is that there is spam. We cannot quite get rid of it, but <laughs> um, but but like the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like the fact that there is spam and we can't get rid of it means that everybody can have an email account and and and, and send email to everybody else.
1: It seems to me that that a solution to some extent would be, uh, you know, micro charges. Because like if you if you had to pay anything to send an email, spam would diminish greatly. Oh, that's... you know that's brilliant
4: that you point that that that's (laughs) actually like i i don't know if you did that on purpose but that's very very interesting because um so so you know proof of work uh that you know is is one of the things that for bitcoin for instance um originally it was not proposed to create bitcoin right like there are very few new inventions into Bitcoin. It's just more like stuff that existed that have been patched uh, together in some novel way that did not exist before. But the individual pieces, they already existed before and notably proof of work uh, existed before. And there was like several several proposals. Uh, one of them was uh, some work from Adam Back called uh, Hashcash. And the purpose of Hashcash was exactly what, what you're saying, right? It's... <laughs> Um, you can attach a a small, um, you know, a small proof with your email that some amount of work has been performed uh, before sending that email, right? And where it's pretty interesting is that, well, you can tune that so that it lasts like 100 milliseconds on the modern computer to do that work. And so most people would be completely unbothered by, by that system. But if you want to send a million emails, suddenly you need like significant resources, computing resources behind you to, to be able to do that. And, and that would make spamming people significantly more costly.
1: Well, the, there you have it. I was, uh, I was creating a cryptocurrency before I even knew it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that, that it just makes sense. Uh, if you put any sort of financial cost on, on activity, then it can diminish, useless activity which is spam for the most part so um anyways go ahead tobias uh, hop in there tell, yeah, us, tell us what you think yeah anyway
3: that's uh like to to get back to that that's actually what i'm working on right now like we're going full circle now so originally uh, bitcoin was just about peer-to-peer cash but now with stamp because a, a lot of the we have a lot of issues with uh, messaging so if we um like we, we I, I recently saw that Germany now forced Telegram, which is not based in Germany at all. I think it's based in Dubai or something. They were now finally able to force uh, the deletion of a, a bunch of uh, like uh, Telegram groups on Telegram, and like they were very reluctantly doing that, but um, they were forced. They were uh, like uh, they they were facing very they're facing very serious uh, fines, so they complied. But that is because that, again, is a platform and same with WhatsApp, same with like all these um, uh, and and signal might be might be in that boat um, soon as well, where they just ask, like, hey, can you please like you need to provide all the data that you can possibly
4: get. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, um, it doesn't matter how well intentioned those platforms are right, because like if we take signal, for instance, there is. Evidently, a lot of proof that those guys are very serious and take privacy seriously and, and are, you know, they are amongst the good guy, at least for now. Right. And, and you know, there, there are strong evidence of that, uh, that being said, they can be coerced, right? Like the government tells us a lot of guns. And so, um, you know, it's probably gonna take longer with signal, but eventually that's like, no, no platform is the solution, no matter. Like you can put like Jesus and Gandhi and and whoever like behind <laughs> it right together, um, it, It's still gonna come bad eventually.
1: Yeah, if there's any if there's any pressure point that can be applied to a human being, they're gonna use it. I mean that yeah. that's that's what we've learned over the past week is like our constitutions, whatever sort of laws we have in place that are supposed to protect us from some sort of totalitarian regime. Uh, we have learned that we all exist under a totalitarian regime, uh, basically on a global level. And I, you know, as, as black pilled as I am, I didn't even think that was the case. You know, I really, I really thought that there was some level of restraint that, that would be put on these people. And ultimately, what we found out also through the lockdowns over the past two years is that no matter how tyrannical whatever measure they roll out is, even if you do get some sort of judicial intervention, it's so far down the road that it doesn't really slow things down like that sure. by the time the the judiciary steps in and they say, OK, no, 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 that was too much. Um, by then, they've already rolled out three or four other things that are equally unconstitutional <laughs> and we're just flying down the hill. And uh, this is this is my concern. And I think that basically what I've concluded and, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that that chime in saying, well, this is the. This is the extremely optimistic blue pill person in my perspective that says, uh, well, we just need a new bill of rights for cryptocurrency. We need a new this or that. We need a new sort of uh, mechanism of constraint on the government to allow us to transact uh, custodially. And I just think that it's delusional. Like, uh, that's my personal opinion. Like, you're going to have to create a protocol that is there is no capacity for a pressure point of a human being to be coerced, to give up the information, be it KYC or freezing accounts or anything like that. So is there anything that you guys disagree with in that statement? No, 100%. Um,
4: And, and I want to add something like I've been spending the past seven years or so of my life telling everybody, Hey, look, this is happening. And what you're telling right now, uh, is a lot of the reaction that I had, like a lot of people were not taking this kind of stuff seriously, but. But this is obviously happening and this is just the beginning, right? Because when you look at what government are doing, uh, the next step are already, you know, profiling themselves. Um, so, it's, and the next step are going to be one cash, you know, is going to go away little by little. Um, this is what government is very good at, right? Like working slowly something over a few decades. Uh, they are very good at that. And, and, and so. Cash is going to be phased out, you know, little by little over the years. And the second stuff is CDBC to replace it. Right. So so central banks, um, central banks, digital currency, um, which are digital currency too, like in the sense that the technology is fairly similar to, to the one of, of Bitcoin or Ethereum or, or this kind of stuff. But. Uh, it's, it's not controlled by, by manners or, or stickers or whatever it is in, in other technology, it's controlled like 100% by the central bank.
1: Yeah. Tobias, any disagreement with my long rant of assertions?
3: No, I, uh, I absolutely agree with that. And to, um, give some more, uh, evidence to that is. Like, doing a um, cryptocurrency transaction is explicitly, like, if I send you some crypto that is explicitly legal in the U.S., and there's, like, nothing, like, it's completely unregulated, right? Um, and so, not only, uh, but also it is very, very hard to stop. Right? It's like me handing you over a $100 bill. Like, it, the, the, the government, in theory, could stop that transaction, but the amount of effort they would have to do in order to prevent that is very, very high. So, not only yeah, is it legal, yeah. It is also that's like very the hard thing, to right?
4: That's the thing with protocol. You can make them illegal, but in practice, it doesn't change very much. Like we've seen that with uh, BitTorrent, for instance, and, and 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 similar peer-to-peer system. Like all the government worldwide has cracked down on that. It was more like you know 15 years ago or so, where where that was the hot issue. But this is effectively a lost battle, right? Like BitTorrent is still there and alive and 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 churning along. So there is nothing that you can really do to stop a protocol. It would be like trying t- people to, to like trying to prevent them from speaking English, for instance, right? <laughs> like it, 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 it's just like the people are do that do it. Too. they can do it with each other. The, the, the reality of enforcing something like that is, is uh, almost impossible.
1: Well, ironically, they are trying to basically change the language that we use as, as we go. They're also trying to suppress the language that we use. Uh, so this is and the mass that also harms English and the mass too, yeah. I mean, it's a multi-pronged attack. I, this, I think, this has been the most overwhelming part for me over the past two years. Is just the, the kind of, uh, universal crackdown on all liberty. I mean, it's like every single aspect of any and and also my solution part of my brain. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, let's try this. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, let's try this. Nope, nope, nope. And it's it's really it's exhausting, man. I, and I, I agree with you guys. Ultimately, uh, and that was going to be my next question is like, it seems to me that it would it would make logical sense that if you create a protocol that is completely decentralized, they will make that protocol illegal. So I, you already kind of mm-hmm. preemptively answered my question there. Is that it's going to become kind of this black market BitTorrent type of transactions? But but what that insinuates, or the next logical conclusion there, is that it's likely that whatever you transact on that protocol. They will criminalize and the protocol itself will be criminalized. So are we essentially looking at a future of a black market in, in the cryptocurrency space inevitably?
3: Uh, is- so one one point that I would like to make. So there's a lot of stuff right now that's happening on Bitcoin that is illegal, like money service stuff. Um, like a lot of like the DEXs, a lot of them are like explicitly like FinCEN already said. no, those need to be MSB regulated. But uh, but like buying groceries at like a homestead homesteader's market or something. doing that with crypto is explicitly legal, right? So for now, we still have like this large window of time because basically doing a cryptocurrency transaction is, is uh, like free speech. It's very hard to like um, get rid of that right. And it's also very, very hard to crack down on that. So I think at least in the US, um, it will it will take quite a while until that is like actually illegal. But okay. they did instead, And I think that's very smart is they made the laws in such a way that like it's very convenient to obey the rules of the of the government, uh, like the MSB stuff, like all the all the people I know are um, like transacting um, like or like the normal thing to buy crypto is always through like Coinbase or whatever. Right. And. um, so I think it'll take a a while to uh, for that stuff to be illegal. I mean, I don't want to be too white pilled or whatever, but that's just my expectation. Because right now they already have quite a firm control of um, of the crypto space with those uh, pro- uh, with those platforms. But I I don't want to like like it, they like this is asinine. Like this is a poison for the government. So they will eventually make it uh, illegal mm-hmm. if we build out those protocols.
1: Yeah, and and uh, Coinbase, which is Featured prominently on the World Economic Forum's website, uh, so that that uh, makes me extremely
4: nervous about using Coinbase. I, I mean, I'm but but about but they should right? Like there is there is something that is quite brilliant because right now everybody is saying Bitcoin fixes this, and that's an exceedingly dangerous message because Bitcoin doesn't already fixes this. For like, first, to begin with, most people don't use Bitcoin, right? Like most people use Binance or Coinbase. And, and those are platforms. And as long as you're using a platform, it fixes nothing, right? So when people are coming along and say Bitcoin fixes this, like I'd be on the other side of that whole stuff, right? That'd be some, some powerful people uh, working in some government or whatever. I would be exceedingly happy saying that, uh, seeing people say that, right? Because this is perfect. And. But, but besides that, then the question is that, like, can you use Bitcoin without those intermediaries and, uh, right now, this is not very realistic because of, of scaling issues, right? And Ethereum would be, would be the same. Um, those technology that don't scale well enough, like if like, even if the whole, uh, freedom convoy, uh, thing in Canada started to use as or Bitcoin or Ethereum, the extra. You know, the extra load on those network would send the fees up to like several hundreds of dollars per transaction, uh, uh, almost immediately. Right. And, oh, like, like Ethereum. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I, I'm there like 30 bucks or something like that these days, but, but yeah, well, it's still, still, it's
1: very, it's very no, high. Yeah, yeah, but,
4: but you mentioned the whole freedom convoy start using it. It would be more than a hundred bucks. Like right away, like this extra load has nowhere to go. Right. So the only way. For people to go away is that the fee go up and up and up and up until some people uh, uh, give up using it right and so um and so this is completely unrealistic like people are not gonna buy their food and gas and stuff like that paying 100 fees um well i can already hear the bitcoin maxi screaming in the back of my brain well lightning network so go <laughs> yeah ahead well and- i mean you can run the number but look um do you know who joseph poon is Joseph Poon is, is one, well, I'm going to say anyway, because the, the viewer may not know. Joseph <laughs> Poon is one of the inventors of the Lightning Network, right? It's been invented by Joseph Poon and Tachria. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing their name right, but um, at least this is the right people. Um, so Joseph Poon in one of the very first presentation he did about the Lightning Network announcing the saying, um, you know, like runs through some numbers, you know, like backed off the envelope calculation because the exact number depend on many parameters that you do not control. But, you know, like give or take, you would need roughly two gigabyte blocks on Bitcoin to support like worldwide economy on it. And with the Lightning Network you estimate that you would need instead 300 meg blocks to do that, which um, I think is a bit optimistic, but that, you know, still in, in the right ballpark. Um, but but the blocks are one meg, right? So three hundred megs is is well, there is a three hundred x problem here. So it's it's not even remotely close enough to to what you'd need. Um, with with the kind of capacity those systems have, you could serve a city, maybe, right? But that's wow. it.
1: That's incredible. Tobias, you you have any disagreement there?
3: no like um, me and amri we fought this war uh, pretty much side by side we even made uh, a song about that but we should probably mem- memory hold that one um
0: <laughs> <and> <laughs> but I've yeah, got a few ba- songs basically... in
1: my past i'd like to memory hold so don't feel
3: bad <laughs> yeah um I should delete more tweets. Anyway, so, um, like, currently, Bitcoin can handle around seven transactions per second. Like, it depends on the size, obviously, but that's around the limit you can get to. And one quickly realizes that that can't support, like, uh, more than, like, a small community, right? So Did what we need... Seven? Seven transactions per second. One, two, three, and four, one, the four, entire five, network. Seven, That's it, per seven. second. Yeah, like
4: yeah, seven per person. second. So, right. like, realize that crazy. that's... Yeah, that's maybe like a few hundred K per day, right? That is not a so, lot. So yeah. if you assume that, you know, like people on average are going to do like maybe two, three, four transactions per day. So, so very quickly, quickly billion, you know, you're going to run per, into the world, Per right? day
1: uh, on a global basis. So yeah, that's that's not
4: going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen, right? So, so what's happening right now is that all those new people that are joining crypto, they have to use intermediary. Right. It, it's not like they do because convenience, because, you know, they are newbies and they don't know all your key or your coins and, and whatnot. Like literally it would not be possible if everybody was using the protocol itself. People have to go through intermediaries because now a bunch of people are training on Coinbase or Binance or whatever. And then there is one big settlement transaction between Coinbase and Binance uh, at the end of the day. And now all those, you know, transactions they are just one transaction.
1: Well, that, that makes sense completely. What? Why is it that the Bitcoin that, Max is... Uh,
4: this is exactly why banks exist in the first place, by the way. Of, of course, yeah. Because, like, go back in time, before we had, like, electronic means of communication and whatnot. You are some kind of merchant in Italy. You are trading with people in Egypt, for instance. You're going to go back and forth, and you're going to trade... Yeah, like, you're not gonna, not gonna bring your gold back and forth, right? It's just not what you're gonna do because, like, first, you may be robbed, uh, but second, like, it's heavy and and it's like cargo that you cannot transport instead of your gold. Like, there are so many problems with it. Um, so, so the bank is gonna, you know, like, write you a letter effectively. Well, you know, this guy has, has so much gold in, in his vault, and this paper is good to redeem the gold, like, whatever. And the guy at the other end in Egypt is gonna do the same. Right. And at some point everybody settled the paper. And the two banks they talk to each other and they are like, okay, we need to send that much gold to from, from here to there. And and now there is like just one shipment. Even though there have be may trade between many people that happened during during that whole duration. This is this is how banks came to be in the first place.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's a it's obviously a, a market need and it's gonna be filled by someone and and if it's filled by someone successfully enough, they're going to get big enough that the government gets involved, and then you have central banks. So, uh, I think that that's that's kind of uh, <laughs> the breakdown of the last thousand years of history, very 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 rapidly. But um, I, I need to get you guys to double's advocate here because I uh, because I didn't have a Bitcoin Maxi on to to counter any of this stuff. Uh, tell me tell me what they would say in
4: response to this this critique. Uh, for the most part, Bitcoin Maxi don't think that, uh, um, that transactions, you know, like medium of exchange for, for cryptocurrencies are important. They don't value that very much. Uh, to the contrary, they value the property that, uh, you know, the, the supply is, is extremely fixed and all of that. Great. And, you know, I, I have no problem with that, but that doesn't solve the problem of the trackers right because <laughs> because like it's like oh i don't have bank account i cannot buy food anymore well you can hold bitcoin and you're gonna make money doing so well <laughs> well that's good but i, I, I do yes. <laughs> 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 i need gas and food right so um so i don't think there is anything particularly wrong with that if they value that you know like this is this is the market and all and it seems like a lot of people are valuing that so that's that's all well and good but that doesn't solve the problem uh that the Canadian trucker are, are facing right now.
1: Okay, well, I think I think that's a fair synopsis, and I'm sure they'll still be upset with it, but <laughs> not, neither here nor there. Um, so, what do, what do we do here? I mean, uh, well, let's let's get to the one more aspect of the problem is that, um, I, and I, I watched the video that you guys uh, put out about a week ago, where you talk about how much of the the science or the the programming behind. Uh, what you were proposing in terms of increasing block size—this uh, is all layman's terms, so you guys can correct me wherever I'm mm-hmm. wrong—but increasing block size to to allow for, uh, you know, the crypto space to essentially replace cash or daily transactions, so that you could actually use the shit as opposed to just using it as a store of value—they, uh, it's it's been shot down by the max Bitcoin maximalist community. However, we are now seeing it rolled out. In full in the CBDC, CBDC being the central bank digital currency. I know you took some—I uh, don't know—some solace in the fact that it was proof of your ideas, essentially. Uh, <laughs> but but having it <laughs> having it used by, uh, in my perspective, our enemy is not ideal. So um, go ahead and fill in the blanks there. Either of you can hop in.
4: No, yeah, that's a very good sum up. Um, I'm, I'm both very happy and very frustrated by that because, um, yeah, this is this is something I've been saying we need to do uh, for like almost exactly the same technical solution that have been adopted by CDBC to, to increase transactions throughput I've been putting on the table for quite some time. This is why I got involved in crypto in the first place, right? Because in the beginning, there were questions of security and cryptography and whatnot, and that's not really my expertise. Um, so I was like, you know, I, I was following very closely, but I was not super involved, but when the problem were more about scaling and stuff like that, I was like, okay, I, I used to work at Facebook. I have a few ideas to build large scale system and what are the, the, you know, the architectures that are going to work or not. So, so I need to get involved and I put various stuff on the table and I, I like tremendous pushback. Um, but but not just from the Maxis. Um, the, the Maxis are part of it, but but then you know, when forking BCH, it became very clear that many people in BCH were also very ideologically driven and, and 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 not in the good way, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so and so they were like, like you need to increase the the block size and then do nothing else and, <laughs> and it's gonna all magically work, right? And it's like, oh, we need. We need to travel faster. Well, just just change the speed limit, and everybody is gonna go faster, right? Like at some point, that just doesn't work. <laughs> right, <laughs> at some right. point, you need faster cars and 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 you know different infrastructure and whatnot, right? Like it's not just it's not just changing the speed limit that's gonna make everybody travel faster magically and safely suddenly, right? So uh, so this is the roadmap that that I put on the table, and many of those ideas, uh, but I don't think we need. To get into them because you know, like this is not the target audience. But most of those ideas have been adopted in CDBC so that they can build a cash-like system that can work at the scale of a country or even bigger. Well, um, I, I
1: don't, I don't want you to go too much in the details in, in terms of the programming, simply because it'll be above my head, but as well as most of my audience. But if you could, if you could explain what the CBDC did adopt from your ideas, uh just in layman's terms. Uh, I mean, I, I understand that it's yes, it's bigger blocks. It's going to allow for far far more transactions like insane amounts of transactions Mm -hmm. but how how are they doing that safely is it is it simply that they have essentially the monopoly on the currency so that the the proof of work is less important or how does it work
4: so um yeah so one aspect of it is the consensus mechanism that they are using um when you work on bitcoin or any you know like open cryptocurrency you need to have a consensus algorithm that is open um, like permissionless, right? Um,
1: con- consensus, consensus algorithm.
4: Yeah. So, okay. okay. Uh, let me explain like one of the problem when you build a cryptocurrency and it's actually the, the biggest problem, uh, by far is that if, if, uh, say you Clint, you send some money to me and then you send the same money to Tobias, right? Like you create a transaction that sent the money to me and you create another transaction that sent the same money to Tobias. The networks needs to decide which one of those transactions is the real one,
1: right? Which is valid. right. But it's just like a uh, since I'm a mortgage broker, you could I'll break it down into mortgage terms for people. It's basically like an escrow where you want to make sure that the money gets to the person that it's that it's due and and that you know the the exchange is verified so that I can't send the money to somebody else.
4: Yeah, and so the problem is, is that your transaction doesn't you know, propagate itself on the network instantly, right? It, it's sent to one node and this node verify the transaction and send it to other node, right? So if you send one transaction to one node and one transaction to another node, then depending on all the both transaction propagates, some nodes are going to think, oh, he sent the money to Amory and some nodes are going to think, oh, he sent the money to Tobias because they've seen the, the, the transaction to Tobias first and then they see the transaction to me and they're like, no, this is not valid. You already sent that money to Tobias. Gotcha. And those are not gonna decide the opposite because they received the other transaction first. And, and fundamentally, like this is a simplified version of the problem, but this is a problem that is fundamentally unsolvable. You can actually prove mathematically that you cannot solve that ever, right? Uh, this is a problem that's always gonna exist. So you need a system That's going to get like everybody's decision and come to an agreement, like between everybody on which one of those transaction is the real one, quote unquote. Right. And, and this is the consensus algorithm. So what Bitcoin uses for that is proof of work, um, like a system based on proof of work that we call Nakamoto consensus, where the transactions are going to be put in block. And then you're gonna build block on top of blocks. And, and what happens is like sometimes two blocks are gonna be found at the same time, right? And maybe there are one blocks with the transaction to me and one block with the transaction to Tobias, right? But on top of that, two other blocks are gonna be built and eventually it becomes exponentially less likely that blocks are gonna be found at the same time, you know, again and again and again, because uh, I mean like just statistics. Um, and so within a few blocks, You can be confident that, you know, one of those two transactions has been chosen and and the other one is never going to go through. Uh, So that's that's the way Bitcoin does it. Um, So this whole problem for the CDBC doesn't exist, right? Because they don't need to allow for an open participation. Why this problem is difficult in Bitcoin is that you want to allow anyone to mine and take part in the process of deciding. Got and it. that's very important, right? Because you don't want to have a single entity that you can put pressure on to decide which transaction goes through or not. And the way you solve that is that you allow anyone to do it. You make it a protocol instead of a platform. Um, CDBC doesn't have that problem. So they use a consensus algorithm that is called Raft. But that's like that's very old technology that exists from way before uh, Bitcoins or any of that. That's like well understood. That, that's a consensus algorithm that is very fast. The problem is that it's not permissionless. Like you need to know the whole set of participants to to participate. Only the
3: Federal Reserve can do it, basically.
4: So so the Federal Reserve is going to set like a couple of data center for redundancy, and they're going to run this consensus algorithm between the data center and that's it, right? So so this part of the problem is easier to solve for them by design, but that doesn't explain how you can verify and and process like a, a Gajillion transaction that just explain OK, and agree on them. Um, and and the way you can process a Galgillion transaction is by totally like changing the, the transaction format slightly, but not by very much, so that it has um, So there's, there are a couple of properties that are- um, Well, it's are sharding and
3: parallelization, right? Those are the yeah. two things you need to do.
4: Yeah, So so you need to be able to process the transaction in some way that you can shard that processing, which means, you're going to have like several computers. Like, so if you have a, 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 one gigabyte block, for instance, and you process that with just one computer, it's going to take forever for the computer to verify the block. Right. But if you have a hundred computer that verify each of them, 1% of the block, then it's going to be very quick. Right. Right. That's the basic idea, Right. And, and to be able to do that, the verification process needs to have certain properties. Right. It needs like you need literally you need to be able to check into, into small blocks uh, of work set into different computer and each computer comes back to you and say, oh, this is good or this is no good. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to do that. And there are simply some rules that exist in Bitcoin right now that prevent you to do that. Um, and, and probably the, the biggest one is the fact that the blocks need to be topologically ordered, which is like a big word to say. The transaction needs to be in chronological order in the block. So if, if you clean, send money to me and I send that money back to Tobias, the transaction where you send the money to me needs to appear in the block before the transaction where I send the money back to Tobias. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the block is not going to verify and intuitively, you know, that would make sense that it's easier to verify the block in that way, but that means that possibly every transaction depend on each other in the block. Right. Like the order of the transaction in the block. And so the order in which you process them become important. Right. And because the order in which you process them becomes important, you need to process them one by one. Right. You cannot send like a small chunk of transaction to a set of computer and each of them, they verify theirs and they come back to you because they depend on the work that is done on the transaction before. Uh, so that's one of the change uh, that actually I was able to make on on both BCH on the cache. Uh There are a couple of other changes that, that you need to make, but the thing is, it's quite amazing because there are not so many changes that you actually need to make um, to be wait, wait,
1: so just so I understand, were you able to change the chronological nature of
4: BCH?
3: Yeah. yeah. You were? That was a war, by the way. There was a war about that. Yeah,
4: there was a war. The bsv fork happened over this, right? Like the BSV guys, they were like, we just want to have like huge block and change nothing else. right? (laughs) Um, so, so how are you able to change the chronological
1: order of it without it being rife with, you know, fraudulent transactions?
4: Oh, so you just process the block a bit differently. So the way you process it is that you go over the whole block twice. So that's the the downside is that you need to go over the whole block twice, but the flip side is that you can go in any order that you want, right? So that you can split that workload between as many machines as you want. So Got you. okay. Well, first you fun. go over all the outputs of all the transaction and, and you collect them into, into a set of outputs that have been created by the block. And then you go over all the inputs and you look into that set that you just created and the UTXO set. And you see if if they exist in there and if they have been spent twice, right?
1: Okay. And that, if that they sense. exist
4: in there and they have not been spent twice, then the set is good, and everything that remain in the set of put that you had before, you can uh, you can add that to the UTXO set.
1: And and I I take it that that's many multiples faster than having a chronological. Uh, we actually gear. have data on that.
3: Um,
4: um, actually, it's slightly slower, but not by much. Oh, it's slow. It's interesting, but it's parallelizable. What's that word? And like, like you can, you can split it in chunks and, and have like oh, okay. several thread or several machine. No, sorry. Sorry. I, I, yes, plan. I
1: meant, I meant from the macro uh, analysis. Right. So, so at scale, it's faster. Scale it's faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, well so scale we actually it's have...
4: way, way, way faster, right? Because so, so if under you CBDC throw paper, twice as much resources right. at it, it's going to be twice as fast. That's the big difference.
1: Yes, yeah,
3: I got
4: you. To, right. to be, it, you
3: going to say some. It's in the CBDC paper they actually um, design both systems, right? They have they call it the atomizer which orders the transactions in order and then they do the other which is 2PC. Uh, I don't know what that stands for uh, again, two process uh, uh, anyway, two, uh, with a commitment I phase, don't remember, two-phase but it's commitment. Two PC, yeah. It's two-phase phase commitment. commitment. No, yeah. no, no, I remember it. And there, it doesn't order them. And ordering this stuff is actually very expensive uh, to do. Like it requires a lot of resources and it's very hard to parallelize. And they found that if they use the atomizer on their particular design, they can can process transactions at 170,000 transactions per second. So that's already like 170, like it's like 20,000 times faster something than Bitcoin but then they used the 2PC, uh, the other one, which uh, uses the design Armory was uh, talking about just now. And then they were able to process 1.7 million transactions per so
4: second. So it, it 10X. So 10X, yeah. It 10X, yeah. Is, yeah. But but wow. more importantly, I, I don't know. like So those are the particular results that they get, but I don't think this is even the most interesting result, right? because the Atomizer 170K is all the god out of it, right? Like th- there is nothing you can do like there is no resources you can add to the system to make it faster. It's physically it's, impossible, basically. Right. There's no you chip. You cannot who add can do like it. more servers. You cannot throw more resources at it to make it faster. Whereas the two PC is basically like you can throw twice as many resources, and it's not gonna be one point seven million, it's gonna be like three point four million, right? It's it's interesting. It just so, scales with the resources that you throw at it.
1: Well, then what I'm what I'm as a layman, what I'm hearing in this is that essentially because they have a centralized uh system we potentially even with not having the advantage of being a central bank could because we have so many people that are running you know the bitcoin uh chain or whatever it's called the nodes on their computers to to verify the blocks if we were to use your system with that you could you could actually outpace them in terms of the capacity for transactions or am i delusional here or am I, or uh, I, did that make um, any sense at all
4: <laughs> I don't know to what extent we could paste them but we could match them right and that's enough right that's all yeah that's all we need to do so <laughs> so that's that's the idea behind BCH? uh well that was the idea that I had when I started uh, when I created it right but a lot of people joined over the years that have different ideas uh, so at some point I left and, and created the cache instead uh, so that's Got the, it. Some of those ideas exist in b c h but the other ones that are probably never they were gonna get to
1: all right well i'm gonna get some e cash before I put this episode <laughs> out uh <laughs> because because this is uh I don't know, a trading. I don't know, yeah yeah exactly i don't know I don't know what it is, man, but uh there's just something like obviously, I'm not a programmer, but I have a brain for this stuff, you know like i I get what you guys are talking about, so when i when I hear someone that's like Solving the problems that I see from a layman's perspective, I'm like, okay, who, cool. if he sees the same things I do and he has answers for it, like I want to be in that camp. Um, so, anyways, I'll, I'll leave Yeah, it well, that. this is where I become
4: a bit frustrated with the liberty movement. Uh, I have to say, um, because of all the opposition I, I faced, like, like, hold the maxi, they were like horrified by those ideas. Um, but but even within the BCH ecosystem, it's like, look, we have a technically sound plan to you know, like tweak Bitcoin a bit and make it high throughput, and we don't need to change that many things. And even that was uh, exceedingly controversial. Um, and, and another war spot on, on that, actually. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and so, is your frustration the ideological rig- rigidity?
4: Yeah, because at the end of the day, right? Like the CDPC did not. Um, you know, tied them this fence with all that bullshit. Right. And so at the end of the day, we kind of lost seven years. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they are not waiting for us to get our shit together. No. Why <laughs> so, the <opposite? laughs> quite the opposite, right? Like the, the more we don't have our shit together, the happier they are. And, and this whole block size debate, for instance, was like a huge waste of time for everybody involved. We can build that system and continue with a small block Bitcoin on the side of it, and everybody builds their stuff, and and uh, and it's all good, right? But instead of that, we get a bunch of mud uh between everybody involved, and and the result of that is that now we have mostly Bitcoin. We don't have a big block Bitcoin alternative, and even Bitcoin doesn't really solve the problem that we want to solve anymore, right? So um it's it's exceedingly disappointing i think the, the big like the big victor of the scaling debate is is the central
1: bank <laughs> which is exactly what the entire cryptocurrency space was set out to you know circumvent and it's devastating uh so what and not what is... only that it's
3: even worse so, sorry to interrupt they not only did the maximalists like delay the development of this uh, technology on bitcoin they then went ahead and developed it for the uh, Boston Fed instead right they went not doing it on bitcoin and then they just did it on uh btc uh, on on the uh, cdbc instead right yes. which is and, and what reason. you're saying we just saying makes there it more frustrating. I I
1: I know this because I watched your video but someone that was a bitcoin maxi was the one that went in and actually worked for the the central banks to create this is that correct
4: yes and no i'd say like i don't think it's super fair to to point corey field as a as a bitcoin maxi um he, he never was like he always has been like very uh very retracted from that whole debate focusing on technical matters so i don't think it's quite fair to qualify him as a as. Well, but it's also maxi. james
3: lockjoy um and like you know
4: Honestly, like, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even that.
1: interested in in dragging these guys individually. But I I would say that whoever it was, because I don't even care about who it was. Uh, I don't understand how you are involved in this process because, like, if you're if you're a true believer, how can you then turn and and deliver this idea set, this technology? Because look,
4: I I kind of understand. I don't know if it's just the motivation of those guys or not, but say. You are a good engineer, you are technically competent, you understand how to scale this stuff, you are interested by working on those technical problems, right? Because there are interesting technical problems to solve. Well, on one hand, you have the crypto community and you know you're going to deal with a ton of bullshit effectively, you know, if you want to work on those stuff. And and I'm probably the best person (laughs) in the world to tell you about that because because this is what I did. or you can go work with the CDBC and and focus on those problem without all the bullshit that comes with it and
1: well i can i can respect you the, know what um, the desire to to have a uh, you know a benefactor that'll fund you <laughs> and not have any of the the mudslinging but the if the desire is just to to be able to problem solve you didn't Solve the problem now. The C now the CBDC is is. Well, out you solve there. the problem
4: just for a different guy, right? <laughs> and, and <laughs> all right right, but not, not for us. us. You didn't solve the problem because we don't really like uh, the, the the end result being uh, so much power given to the central bank, right? But Brother, if, if you are not ideologically in that direction, I think you're making a mistake. But at the same time, if you are in it for the technology, like most people say they are, but Almost everybody is not, <laughs> but if you're actually in it for the technology, then that's uh, that's a choice that makes a lot of sense because you can work on the technology and push it forward and discover a new way of doing things uh, or validate that, you know, ideas of how to scale things actually work. That's true. Um,
1: is there is there any value in this having happened? I mean, it, it seems to me that obviously it kind of proves your ideas to an extent and and. It, is there any advantage in kind of taking their their work and then using it for the, the Liberty space? So
4: I think there are, there is a couple of advantages. Um, one is that effectively, like some of the work that they do, we can uh, we can take from, and um, notably, like one of the changes that is not difficult technically, but that is, is difficult to deploy, is a few changes to the transaction format that needs to happen. Uh, so that they can be processed in in a way that is more efficient, and those changes they are very difficult to make because they affect uh, wallets, right? And so all the wallets that support the chain, they are going to have to modify that code to you know change the transaction so that they work in such a way that uh, uh, the, the, you know with the new transaction format, and so that's um, that's a very difficult change to make. But if they can deploy that system and people start, you know, making library for their transaction format and whatnot, we can probably piggyback on that um, uh, for okay. for the adoption part of it. Uh, it's it's probably a good point. But I think that the bigger point is a wake up call for the freedom loving community. Well, I right? woke up. Like, <laughs> I woke um, up big time this week. And, and this is why, like I was not doing that many podcasts over the, the past year or so, but recently I've, I've started doing them again, because I think this is very important. And I think there is like, there is a message here. Like here is what we've been trying to build over the past seven years. We've been facing tremendous pushback. And this is why the project is not more advanced than it is, because most of the time has been spent dealing with bullshit rather than dealing with the technical problems. That's the reality of, of the situation. And and those solutions not only are very important because they solve a problem that, you know, is being faced right now in Canada, but let us fool ourselves in, in a few years, it's going to be, uh, faced in many other countries. Uh, but also the technical solutions are sound because those guys, they are using them, right? <laughs> right, they are there and they work and, and well, we could have been first. But, but no, we can't anymore. but we can still be second and that would be very good.
1: Yeah. Well, not, not just very good, but vital. <laughs> like I, I really, I view this, I'll be even more catastrophizing than you're being. I think that this is the fight. I mean, like this is everything because if, oh yeah, if you're not able to, to finance dissident populist movements that are opposing tyrannical regimes, you're toast. Um, And this, uh, you know, and and on top of that, it just, this is, this is how you want to live. Like, I want to live this way. I want to be able to use money uh, in a decentralized fashion that can't be suppressed, that it's just like, this is, this is everything. This is the whole, the whole idea behind uh, Bitcoin, as far as I have understood it ever since I learned about it 12 years ago.
4: People don't realize how bad it can get, right? Because let's say we... We move that whole process a couple of steps forward. No CDPC is deployed and widely used. Well, first, the banks are fucked. (laughs) The party don't realize it yet, but I would be a bank right now. I would be paying close attention to this, but but I think banks are are just not... Like, they don't have the right culture internally to to make that connection. But banks are in a very bad shape. But people as well, because now there is an actor that can exclude you from money.
0: Yes. Right. And this is
4: something that was never possible before. It's like, well, we don't like you. So no, you cannot use money anymore. And think about the ramification of that. Like you cannot pay rent. You cannot buy food. Like it's, it's horrible. You are going to be relegated to be like a homeless person somewhere. And and there is no other way around that. Like if you cannot use money, you're. This is,
1: this is what, uh you know formerly Vin Armani now Cyprianus has been uh, kind of going off about for a couple of years now is that like the digital gulag concept it's like they don't it, it will be a bloodless uh, totalitarian regime where yeah. they just they can starve you out you know they don't have to suppress you in such a way they don't need to starve you
4: you're just going to starve well right yeah right? Exactly. they don't need to do anything <laughs> yeah they They're just stag- hit a button and push something right Clint because can't before they were anymore. processing your transaction no they are not anymore they don't need to do anything. They just need to stop doing something, well, which is ideal, right? Like it doesn't cost anything to them.
1: Of course, I mean it's so it's so user friendly. They just hit a button. <laughs> Clint Russell doesn't eat forever. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm extremely nervous about this. I there is one big question I had that I wanted to ask you guys about. Uh, Tobias, you can hop in here too. Why is it that the the central banks, or excuse me, not the central banks, but the the banks themselves? Given that they have such uh, an enormous amount of income, so it's so profitable. Being who they are, where they are, they have so much leverage and capacity to lobby uh, the governments as it stands today. It's mystifying to me that they are allowing this to transpire. Like it it seems as if it's it's going to eat their their lunch. Like it's going to break them. Um, And and if you want to explain a little bit as to why that's an issue, um, and then also why are they allowing it? It's it's kind of confusing to me.
3: It's bizarre to me too, and I think that's why we should be talking about this more, so people can leverage the like. Maybe we can leverage the existing banks to like at least uh, slow this down a little bit, right? That maybe yeah, maybe sense. you can, right? Maybe you know someone in a bank, and maybe they can like um, go ahead there a little. Um, on the other hand, though, um, I think what happen is that what will happen is that big tech. Right, like the Silicon Valley, they will be very happy about this because all they need to do is write a, write a bunch of software and then they're basically have this on the same footing as a bank. Right? Because the what, what the is well, not, not did. on the
1: same footing, they would surpass them, wouldn't they?
4: Yeah, Silicon Valley is gonna destroy the banks with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what, what
3: is in this in the what is the Project Hamilton C B D C it's more like a um it's not a product, it's more like a back end, right? It's like a core. That you can build apps on top of right like you need to store like it's actually it's actually quite interesting like the um the back end of the cbdc it doesn't store any balances it doesn't store who owns this uh, who owns the coins um and it doesn't store the serial numbers that you need like uh, you know if you have a dollar bill you have a serial number there that's like the analogy of the of the coins that they store in the back end None of that is stored there. It's all hashed, right? So if you want to access your coins, you, you actually need to uh, save all of the details of the uh, of your money because um, the central bank will not do it for you. So I think this is where the a banks... Oh, they will happen. do it.
4: Yeah, of course they will do it, but they will not it that for way is that you don't need to validate, like you don't need that information to validate the transaction, which uh, allows them to scale better. But they are going to have that information somewhere in an archive server. They just don't want to put that server under load, right? Because it doesn't. Yeah, make sense. and they don't,
3: and they want to hide it as much as possible, right? So once Ron Paul uh, emerges again, and he's like, "Okay, we need to audit the Fed. Let's audit the Fed. Okay, what's in the CBDC?" All he'll get, like, if they probably hide the archive that Amri mentioned, but if uh, uh, if that's all he gets, then that's just like random letters, which, which doesn't yeah. store any balances. You can't just go through them and like add them all together, like. There could be one dollar in the entire system, there could be a hundred trillion dollars in the entire system. So it's completely opaque, right? You don't know what's in there if they aren't so like kind to it. Okay, okay, let's let's reveal the data for you, but nothing in the paper suggests that any of that is done. And actually, there might be laws to prevent that, at least officially, where they're like saying, oh, you're not allowed to store that because it's like private data and whatever, and if it's get hacked and whatever, right? So, um, I'm, I mean, I'm 100% sure they will, they will store that, but they, are, they will have to be very sneaky oh, yeah. about that.
4: The value of and that is too great not to store yeah. it. Yeah, but and then
3: if you apply machine learning and whatever, because you'll, you'll basically know the, everything in the economy that's going. Every dollar bill that's uh, moving from one place to another, you will know about that transaction. and You know from who it went and to whom it went. So, of course, they will store that. Well, but the way they you, present it in the papers that they don't store it. Right? Of course, Which yeah. Well, obviously, it's ludicrous.
1: And and especially for you know these these completely deluded central planners that think that they can fucking uh, incentivize any transaction, they can suppress any transaction, they can basically completely remodel uh, human experience and human desire. Like that's that's their whole belief system. And and if they have that that data set, um that'll really you know, increase their confidence that oh we can do this and that and we can you know we can totally reshape the world in our image and uh mm-hmm. unfortunately I don't agree with the image they're trying to reshape us in. So no <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well I think we've we've dug into the problems uh adequately that anyone
3: will be shitting their pants one, at this point. One one last thing one last thing <laughs> okay, just, let's let's make them is there's still some left in the uh darn <laughs> tracks then <laughs> So there's there's basically three things uh, there's three operations that uh, anyone can do on the central bank digital currency as presented by them it's mint it's transfer and redeem the transfer one is just about like sending money between people right so sending from one public it's a transaction to right, it's... it's a transaction yeah the mint one is how they push a button and create more currency and then they can create as much as they want the interesting thing about that is that none of that is like stored at least uh officially so um, if they mint new coins they look completely identical to uh, all the other coins right there's no like timestamp or like no date on there it's like they're completely indistinguishable from all the other coins and um and the last one that is the that is the scary one is the redeem one so they they didn't add that into the open source code yet the other ones are but the redeem one is basically the nuke button for any coins that are in existence uh, they, they're, they're calling it like, uh, you know, like the mint is like you in- increase money supply, the redeem is decreasing money supply. Obviously, right. that makes a lot of sense, you need to do that. But uh, what that will mean is that they could memory hole any any coins they want, right? They could just, like the analogy would be like, here, I have this money bill, they push a button and it just disappears without any trace. And actually, what will happen if you have, you have to store, uh, remember, you have to store the money on your phone. If, you, if that money got memory hold, and then you go to a store, what will it look what will it look like is that this looks like counterfeit. It looks like you are the one uh, trying to scam the merchant because the they are like you just made up these numbers. This money doesn't yeah, this, even exist. This money
4: never existed. Yeah, yeah and, and there's no there's no proof, right? You 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 have to prove that this money ever
1: existed, right? Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a horrifying yeah, Jesus Christ. All right, well I wasn't scared enough. Let's uh <laughs> let's keep going. My god. Uh, so well, the yeah, third the... one
3: is that they can make it programmable, right? I mentioned that in the other way. Right now, this isn't programmable. So it's just transfer between um, people, right? So no, like, send this over to there. But what they could do is be like, OK, we put a, like, a time block on that one. And that could be hashed too, right? It doesn't have to be uh, stored uh, in plain text. And then if you want to spend it, but, the, but it, the timeout went by, then you can't spend it anymore. So they could just uh, basically have like you as a, a slave. You just get your allowance, like every month you get like a thousand dollars or whatever. If you don't spend it, it's gone. There's no way for you to accumulate savings, right? Like there's no way for you to like uh, pull yourself up the bootstrap What uh, freedom people like like to do. All of that is gone, right? You you need to do that in in something else, and maybe we can segue into <laughs> solutions. There for that we need uh, electronic cash.
1: Yeah, no kidding. We do. Um, okay well i i yes i understand not only the the present problems but the the almost certain future problems that'll come from cbdcs uh so go ahead and start us off amari give us some give us, please Opio- give me some white pills brother i'm i'm pretty depressed right now
4: yeah um well the, the white pill i guess is that we've been working on on a similar system uh, on the side, except it's not controlled by one party; it's uh, decentralized. Uh, but but the scale, the, the technology used to to scale it, like it's a fork of Bitcoin. It's very similar to Bitcoin's, you know, modulo some details, uh, mostly for scaling. And the reason I work on that, even though I faced a lot of bullshit over the years uh, from both the big blocker and small blocker and Pretty much everybody else involved it is because of that, right? And and so I invite uh, people to look into that project, but more than look into that project, uh, use the it. A
1: project being eCash, right?
4: Yeah, eCash. Uh, use it uh, because here is the deal: you can have the best solution, but. If people, you know, wait until their bank account is locked to decide to use it, well, they have no money anymore, right? <laughs> right. So, and I um, would imagine
1: having more people use it would also help in its its development.
4: Yeah, definitively, right? But, um, but you need but- to use it. Like just, you know, like if, if you say, well, you know, this is an interesting project, uh, this is an interesting project, I'm going to buy some uh good i would definitely be happy if you do that but uh that's not enough for a solution you need to use it um because otherwise you know like it it, otherwise you end up with a similar problem than that the bitcoiners have right where yeah uh they have this digital coin and it's it's working great for them but if the economy is locked down you cannot (laughs) use it as an alternative because it doesn't scale well enough right like that's
1: then that's the same deal Let's go ahead and go ahead and tell people how they can use it. Because I'm sure a accept lot of people, it. what's that? I accept, accept it. it
4: for payment for like better okay. than buy it is earn it. Ah. Right? Like earn it is, no. is if you have than, merge
3: or whatever, like accept yeah, yeah, yeah. the cryptocurrency, like it's, specifically it's those really that what scale. Makes
4: the biggest difference. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Uh, that's another way for you to acquire some that, that is good, but uh, more importantly, that's a way to grow the existing economy. Right. And, and growing that existing economy is what is actually the solution, right? It's, it's not like the technology alone cannot fix this, cannot fix this.
1: Yep. No, that makes perfect sense. Tobias, give me a white pill.
3: Yeah. I'm full of white pills right now, actually. <laughs> so, uh, there's like, first of all, I accept it. And we've been working on uh, solutions for that. I think you can um, use coin payments or something for current solutions. Um, uh, but also, you can just like um, put a QR code anywhere, and then people can send you money as like a donation, right? Um, what we also, um, what I also encourage people to do is like Cash tap has making has has been making really good progress with um, with their app, right? it's not it's not super duper private right now but um like they're working on that and one feature that I really like is um the private messaging feature right so if you want to like um have something that's like end-to-end encrypted and completely decentralized uh cache type is it's basically cache tab is just a bunch of uh javascript files that are hosted somewhere but you could host it yourself uh, anyway you could even run it uh, i guess uh in your browser on your computer right like you don't need to like it's it's basically impossible to sh- to shut down because just a different domain pops up and you can just uh, use that instead. And uh, you 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 can right now use that to send transactions between each other. Um, and Amri, if like you're like, oh, that's not ready yet, then just uh, <laughs> interrupt me. But it, it seems to be uh, very usable. People are very um, happy with that. Um, yeah, the privacy and-
4: stuff is is working pretty well. Yes. I'm not sure, like, the technical way it's done, I'm not sure that it's the way you want to do it long-term, but... But it's a good intermediary solution, and I like... uh, Something like Stamp is a better way to do it long-term, I think.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. So I'm working on Stamp right now. And there, it's actually way more private. Like, if uh, Stamp is a private peer-to-peer encrypted messenger, which also anonymizes your transactions a lot. So to to go all the way back to the truckers, and I think this is the most exciting thing about STAMP, is that um, for the truckers, what they did, they just posted an address, like sent the money here. But then all that happens is that all the money gets all sent in this one uh, uh, address, right? And everybody has the same, uh, and everybody sends to the same address. So all they need to do is like blacklist this one address, right? Because it's all, all in public. What stamps, Stamp allows you to do, for every single guy who's sending you money, it's all a separate address, right? You have this address, uh, if you send me money, you have uh, this address. If Omri sends me money, I, have, I have give him another address, and so forth. That's actually a, a thing that's not very easy to do on, on Bitcoin right now. And I, and I don't know of um, many chains who do that, other than maybe Monero, who is,
4: um, no, we can go Monero into No, Monero doesn't do people. that. It, it uses different techniques, but… Uh, yeah, it uses
3: different technique, but. Monero has a huge problem with scaling, and I don't. I think that's way
4: out of uh, way out of. Yeah, that's a here. bit off topic, but the problem is that some of those technology they just don't scale, right? And that's the case for Ethereum. That's the case for Monero and a bunch of other stack that just don't like anything that is EVM based, for instance, is not gonna scale very well uh, for technical reasons, and and. Stuff like Monero are not gonna scale very well. No matter, you know, they can scale it to some extent by putting a lot of effort into it, but fundamentally, this is not the system that lends itself to scaling. You're working against against the system. Uh, Bitcoin, with a few minor change, can actually be very, very scalable. Uh, but uh, BTC doesn't scale for for a different reason, right? It's more of a of a cultural thing. There, like the community is just not open to those ideas. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't leave a lot of uh, a lot of options on the road, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, and uh, I think this is where um, all the projects we've been working on. I mean, the problem there is that we kind of like a little, like at least uh, on on the stamp and we're a little bit low on resources. And the things we need to do to get it like such that like people can actually use it, they, they aren't that that many, right? I mean, maybe it doesn't look nice, like maybe it isn't as polished and shiny as Twitter and. Uh, like, as we read, Telegram is a really, really good and convenient uh, messenger. But, um, like, if if, you're, uh, like if your thing is, okay, I need to be able to send money, right, uh, privately, and I need to be able to um, send messages privately, and I don't want to be shut down, right, then this is a, a very, very important uh, technology. Uh, for that, if people are interested, it's t.me slash stampchat. Um, like, that's the Telegram group. People can join, like, just stampchat, one word. The blockchain we're we're doing that on is um the same is the same technology as eCash. We're backporting the changes, but it's a separate chain because we have some stability mechanisms. So it's not as much of, as an investment as eCash. eCash is more um, of like a it has the same properties as Bitcoin basically regarding the money issues. Um, we have something that's more stable, and uh, so if people want to have a look into that, that's givelotus.org. Right, we have a shiny new website now um but yeah that uh, like look, look into that join us ask questions right and um like we'll we'll help you getting set up um yeah Love and
1: <clears throat> well if you ha- if you guys have any uh you know i don't know links or or pamphlets or pdfs or anything that i can include in the description of this so that people can can learn more <clears throat> shoot it my way and I'll i'll put that in the description so that people can do some further research because i'm sure a lot of people are going to come away from this going what the fuck do i do because <laughs> this is like this is uh i mean this is a very daunting issue to put it mildly and and i think that you guys both have your heads wrapped around it in a way that's very special and i really appreciate your time in explaining it um go ahead and uh, any any closing comments before we get out of here I'll, I'll go with amari first
4: okay well the what the hell do i do is is very good question right so a a few things like first don't panic because um not because this is not serious but because it's not gonna help it's not productive Um, (laughs) yeah it's not gonna help right uh second a lot of people are gonna trying to sell you stuff um that fixes this like everybody's gonna say their stuff fixes this right and and uh realistically speaking most stuff are not gonna uh, fix it and and you know why I'm doing that to some extent? Uh, I'm not doing like just like buy my stuff and this is going to be fixed for you. Because um, uh, if I were doing that, I would be lying to you. Um, you you need to do more than just buy some stuff and sit on it and think your problem is fixed. Um, you need to be involved with your community, because at the end, this is what's going to matter. If you find yourself unbanked, you're going to need to have friends and family and whatever that can help you, uh, because it's, it's going to be tough. Um, so, so you, you need to work on your network of people that are around you, uh, in the age of like, that's sounds stupid because this is something you want to do, but in the age of in the internet, we're connected to a bunch of people all over the world, but are you connected to your neighbor? Think, think about that because that's uh, very, very important. Um, and, and second stuff, get interested in those technology, uh, be it like, uh, I, I, think is a cash is very good one. Obviously I'm, I'm working on it. So, so I do think so always, otherwise I wouldn't be doing that. Right. But, um, go beyond just buying the stuff and, and sitting on it, because if you do that, you are no closer to anything that, that you were before. Um, you need to learn how to use it so that the day you find yourself with banking, you know, to use something else, right? Uh, if you have the skill as a technical skill, but also, um, just like commercial skill in general, right? Like, or if you run a company, you know, you can start accepting those for payments. And obviously at the beginning is going to be very small percentage of your sales. Right. But uh the the important part into that is not to increase yourself by by 2x right it's to learn to use a technology that can serve your ass later right um <laughs> and, and that's quite important right and then if you don't use it and if you don't grow that economy then just having it is not going to be useful sure makes sense right so i really want to encourage people to uh to, to use it mm-hmm. I love it yeah like yeah you basically. don't need to buy a ton of it obviously I'm very happy if you buy a ton of it but buy some and use it for you that's the most important uh, step that you can take
3: and you can use it like basically basically I think what is cool is to like tell your friends and family about this technology right? don't don't sell them on like oh buy this because if it goes down you basically burned all your social capital right but what you can do is like just Give them like if, if they help you out or something, give them a token of, of appreciation. Send them some e-cash. Send them some lotus or whatever, and then like show them how 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 you can use it. How you can maybe use it to send a message back or something like with cash that you can do that. And um, and also like uh, as Amory said, uh, learn about it. Right. For example, Vin is now doing the Bitcoin Mystery School. Um, I think that's that's a good thing to like understand actually how does proof of work work and so forth. I think mm-hmm. that's very cool. Um, um, but also uh, take the time to teach what you learned. Right? Teaching is always the best way to learn it better. Right? And if you can just explain it to uh, other people, um,
4: I Actually think that. I read a study about that yesterday, and teaching is literally the number one stuff you can do to learn something. Like, True, like the right. highest retention rate is teaching. Uh, when oh. you teach, when you teach what you know, you retain 95% of it.
1: Yep, and and, and i
4: nothing come close to that.
1: Let, let me let me uh, back that up by saying, you know, I I did a uh, an episode on ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance, which is the mechanism by which Klaus Schwab and the WEF is basically taking over the world, and uh, and now I'll be on Michael Savage next week to explain it to people. So, it, and Michael Savage is an en- enormous audience. So it's like th- this is it's it's valuable. Not just for your audience, which is tremendously valuable, but it's valuable for yourself, too. So if you can find a way to really grasp a topic in a way that's poignant and understandable, uh, it's very important for this movement, this community, and this world at this point, um, as it's very important that we we get on top of things. Uh, let me just say real real quick that I really appreciate people like you, you guys. Uh, I think that that the, the wars you have been in with the fork battles and the Black size battles and everything else and the fact that you continue to uh problem solve you continue to you know fight the uh kind of cult group mentality group think stuff that happens in all communities uh it's very special and, and you guys uh, i just i sensed a, a bit of weariness in you guys when you're talking about this stuff and that you have you have gone through the wars um so i just wanted to give you a quick uplifting note that you know there are people out there that really appreciate those that are willing to to buck the trend and continue to evolve and create and it's it's just it's amazing. I mean, I really appreciate what you guys have done. So thank Thank you. you.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
1: If you guys could uh, tell people where they can follow you. We'll get out of here. Yeah. uh,
4: Do you want to go Tobias?
3: Yes. So uh, Tobias Hook Tobias R U C K um, on Twitter that's where you can find me also the uh, project is giflotus.org or t.me slash stamp chat if you want to get involved with with stamp and yeah i think those are the most important ones
4: all right so if you want to know about eCash, the domain is e.cache very easy to (laughs) to remember e.cache you're gonna find everything that that you need on there um all, all the information that you need uh there are you know links to various telegram groups and community and whatnot if you want to to dig more and talk to actual people uh if you want to find me it's uh D-O-N-I-X pretty much everywhere and um on, on GitHub, on twitter on like pretty much everywhere you're gonna find that name it's me um and um i'm not gonna like I tend to focus more on on the the big societal trend and and problems and stuff like that that we're trying to tackle more than than selling the stuff. So if you want to hear about eCash, uh, cash is, is going to be better.
1: Perfect. Well, yeah, I, I focus on more of the <laughs> macro problems than than the solutions on my Twitter too. Which uh, you know, it's it's grown me a quick following, but it. it certainly makes me feel bad that I'm just giving people a ton of bad information. So I like doing shows like this where uh, where there's some aspect of problem solving and some hope at the end of it. And I think that the, you know, the first step in finding hope is identifying the problem. I think we did a lot of that today. And I think that you've presented some options that could be solutions. So I really appreciate your time and your work. And for the love of God, don't quit, guys. I need you. So keep going, all right? <laughs> well, I hope you guys really Enjoyed that episode. I think that it explained a lot of the problems that we face that uh, are kind of (laughs) new. They're kind of new. And it adds a whole other layer to the the dystopia that we kind of already existed in. But now we understand it in a a more in-depth way. At least I do. I hope you feel the same. Uh, Coming up next week after I get done. Oh, by the way, I'll be on stage talking live at the LP Florida Convention with Dave Smith. Uh, On the same stage, at the same time, it's going to be, I don't know, just amazing bucket list item. If you're near uh, Melbourne, Florida, come over and check us out. Uh, Other than that, the next week I will be having a panel with three juggernauts that you're not going to want to miss to talk about how to work around this stuff. Uh, These guys are just brilliant. Again, I I don't know why I keep getting such incredible guests, I guess, as, as more and more people tune in. I'm able to get more and more brilliant people to come on, and I'm so grateful because I feel like I'm, I'm getting a you know master's degree in uh, technology, like the newest cutting-edge technology, probably better than most colleges can offer, and uh, I hope that you feel the same way. If you feel that way, if you feel that you're getting value from the show, as I always say, feel no obligation, but if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com become a supporting subscribing member of our little community over there that's uh, where I do amas every month or two and you're able to come on ask me questions and we can kind of break down some whatever whatever areas I'm missing when you're listening to the show when you go you're like oh god I wish you would ask that or god I really wish I could ask Clint this well this is your opportunity so become a become a member it's free to sign up Or you can become a supporting subscribing member if you want to come on the AMAs. Either way, I would love to see you over there. LibertyLockdown.Locals.com. I will see you when I get back from the LP Convention of Florida. Stay safe. One final note, I just wanted to say, really appreciate the support. Uh, I've had some of my episodes that have gone, it appears they've gone kind of viral in, I don't know how. Uh, but the audio downloads are outrageously high, and it, and I'm guessing that means that some of them are being shared on really big platforms that I'm not even aware of, because I don't see it happening all that often on Twitter. It does happen sometimes, but it really seems to be happening elsewhere, and I don't know where. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to encourage you guys to continue to share the show. If you think that there's value in this, if you think that it will assist other people in waking up to what we're actually experiencing, uh, that's the best way to get this message to people. And it also helps... Uh, as I have higher and higher download numbers, it means I can get bigger and bigger guests on and that's just valuable. It's valuable because I think that there's a reason some of these people are big time and and uh, whenever I get to speak to them, I learn a lot, you, you learn a lot, and I feel like the community becomes bigger, stronger, uh, and basically makes me more hopeful. So like, comment, and share the show. Just want to give a quick shout out to three more people that left five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We got Corey2Cool says five stars. Great show, very entertaining. Thank you, Corey. We got the Screening Room 406, says five stars. Great show. I love this show because I love freedom. You and me both, brother. And then we got Expert Novice who says honk honk. Must have listened to my trucker episode. That's great. Uh, since ESG scores are so nebulous, any company can be construed to be in violation of ESG. Therefore, ESG can be used to assassinate or control any company in the world. Yeah, exactly correct. You got it. You got it. And uh, that's what I do every couple shows. I will read off the five-star reviews I get on Apple Podcasts. So if you are an Apple listener, please go over there and you leave a five-star review. And if you write up a a review, I will read it on the show. If you want to leave your social media handle, that will get you some followers too, which is always fun. You can find your people that way, and it's just a good way to support the show. I will catch you early next week with a huge panel episode with three guys i'm not going to tell you the names of but you're not going to want to miss it see you soon big shout out to everybody that's been with me since jump street appreciate
0: y'all Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your barcode Your Liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You're probably wondering What's happening Scared Hollywood these lyrical faffing in a type over Luke Might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot But now I'm the shit